Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. podcast and guess what we actually have leaf games to talk about even though it's just preseason leaves hockey which man oh man uh you do get a, tr- a true sense of how badly you want regular season hockey when you're watching preseason especially Austin, when you spend how much money did you spend on that game on monday well, it was only 100 actually pretty cheap for leaf tickets <laughs> for you could have just two tickets. They were ten rows up in the three hundred, so actually pretty like decent seats. seats yeah, but no, I wasn't in standing room, so don't worry. Decent seats, but um, I, if it says standing room only, I'm not touching those tickets. Yeah, you don't want standing. I'm not room. paying over a hundred dollars to stand. You will in the playoffs though, because I went to a Marley's playoff game for twenty four dollars. That's what I was gonna say. You could have just two tickets for twenty four dollars. You could not just one. You could have just not gone I sat to the game. Four rows up for twenty four dollars for the Marley's second round series. And you got to see the Marlies on Monday. That's uh, maybe. And Auntie Niemi, what's oh, it to you, man? I I just felt bad because you Starting asked me goaltender to, Auntie you, Niemi. You asked me to go, and I felt bad that I couldn't go because I now just gone back. Loving it. I got back from Niagara Falls. I had a, a big NHL fantasy hockey draft that night. Oh, by the way, uh, later on in the podcast, we do have a guest coming in. Woo. And a surprise return. I'm not going to give away who it is. It's not Keegan. We have a surprise return. So no, it's not Keegan. It's, it's not. Some... It's not friend of the show, Keegan Matheson. No, it's uh, acquaintance of the show. I love. <laughs> I love being a decent enough podcast that we can use the term friend of the show. Exactly. It's what everyone uses now. Oh yeah. But Austin, you want to hear how? So if I didn't, oh my god, I was going to. I was going to. I was thought you were going to say do you want to hear how the leafs did and i said no i witnessed it live i don't know how you want to know did. you want to know how much better my uh is there a headphones hold on so before we continue there's a headphone that's really loud i'm right turning now. everything oh it's richards okay just, 
just cut it out. Okay. Um, no, it, don't worry. Um, this is how well my fantasy hockey draft went. First off, I misread the time. I, I, no, sorry. I knew it was starting at 8.30, but I was working on an article, and I got so into it that the guy messaged me. He's like, you're cutting it close. I looked. It's 8.29, and I'm not in the draft thing. Luckily, I have the first overall pick. So you know who I got first overall. Martin Marincin. Oh, my God. That's not, that's not mentioned <laughs> little insider that. information for you. We did our little mock draft the other day, and a certain somebody... Not mock draft, an actual draft sorry, in another actual league. actual fantasy draft, and a certain somebody uh, auto-picked Martin Marincin by accident. Because, because somehow Yahoo, player Yahoo had him the highest-ranked defenseman <laughs> Yahoo at has the him last ranked higher than Rasmus Dahlin. They had him ranked higher than Colin Miller, who scored 40, 40 points. They have him ranked higher than Butcher Pareko. Any name a top six D man, he's ranked. Name any defenseman that's actually playing in the NHL, and Martin Merchant was. So Austin texted me or messaged me saying you picked Martin Merchant. I said no, you're lying, and it's true. So, so that team, he had a gem of a game on Monday. That was that was because Yahoo has the worst mobile draft for hockey. Base football, it's fine. It must have been a hockey thing. I'm gonna get back at Yahoo for that one. Um, But I had this draft on Monday night. It's my $100 per year entry fee keeper league. Lovely. Um, Yeah, I've been really bad. That's why I had the first overall pick. I'm also, I didn't have the same keepers that other guys had, so I've been working my way up. Uh, This year I have Connor McDavid, Braden Shen. Now, don't get mad at me for this pick, but that's he was a keeper. He was like a really late keeper, so it didn't really cost me much. But hits and blocks and penalty minutes are an actual stat. So Milan Lucic is on my yeah, team. Well, makes complete sense. And I'm in a. Uh, we talked about this before. We I'm in a Bruiser league yeah. too. So Milan Lucic is very helpful in those leagues. Ricard Raquel, okay, very underrated player for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Patrick Hornquist, yeah, Victor Arvidsson, PK Subban. Uh, Matt Dumba, Colin Miller. With that one, you're excited about. PK. Oh, I was so happy I got PK because <laughs> I got him pretty like not early. Like um, Charlie McAvoy was a keeper, like one of my late keepers. Yeah, Eric Stahl, Nathan McKinnon. I had picked him like 13th round. Let me let good. me repeat. I picked the Hart Trophy candidate. Didn't win it. That was bullshit. I mean, yes, Taylor Hall was good. Nathan McKinnon is. My God, um, they were so both the reason I the had team made the playoffs. Thirteenth yeah. round keeper, Josh Morrissey was a very late pick. Ryan Ellis was my seventeenth round keeper because people forgot that he existed because of his knee injury. Yeah. Uh, Pat Maroon because he's going to play with Vladimir Tarasenko and he gets a lot of hits and goals. Mm-hmm. Tebu Teravainen, who I think is going to be an underrated part of I, Carolina. I have in our league. And then in net, I have Jonathan Quick, Matt Murray, and Andre Vasilevsky, who was my. So Vasilevsky, I picked him in the 14th round two years ago. So this is the like after three years, your keeper picks expire. Yeah. So he, this is my last year of having Vasilevsky. I can't, I can't even see what my keepers are. Is yours on ESPN or Yahoo? The Yahoo. My keepers, like I picked my keepers on my laptop a couple days ago and they're not showing up no, that's i think a... i think they don't show up till they're set like a couple days before so draft, if but... you want to know where i draft people so pk suman was my third round pick i yeah. picked so i got really worried because a lot of people were picking goalies in the second round because yeah. goalies are very valuable in this league and i picked jonathan quick in the second round because a lot of guys keep goalies and so you have to get your goalie otherwise you're not going to get a goalie 
uh, happened to me one year. I was telling uh, um, our guest who's coming in today that James Reimer was a goalie that was auto-drafted for me because of another snafu I had two years ago. Um, And he was my only good goalie. Yeah, I had to trade Joe Pavelski for a goalie. That still irks me. Matt Murray, I picked fourth round. I think that if I had to give my steal of the draft, um, McKinnon late is probably where you. Go yeah, where guys. I pick McKinnon, he's th- he was my thirteenth round pick technically because of his keeper status. Yeah, um, Ricard Raquel was my fifteenth round pick. Um, Josh Morrissey of the sixteenth round. I think Morrissey's gonna have a big season. Um, and then Patrick Hornquist, I think is very underrated in yeah. a league where you need, if you people fantasy, if you need multiple stats, a guy like Patrick Hornquist, Jake Gensel, those guys who will get points cause they play with Crosby and Malkin, but also do the dirty work. Those are the guys you want in your fantasy team. So that's why I didn't go to the leaf game Monday, but I was watching it on TV and oh boy, that was a train wreck. Simple. I know. I understand it's AHL team. Anthony Niemi has a lot more NHL experience than Garrett Sparks, first and foremost. And yep. Niemi's trying to win the backup job over, I think it's what, Charlie Lindgren in Montreal behind Carey Price. That's the other goalie I can only think of that Montreal uh, has. But it doesn't excuse the fact that you're going up against a Montreal team that had the worst AHL team last year. If that, if I'm not wrong, the Val was the worst, or one of the worst AHL teams last year. Yeah. I understand that Kakinyemi was playing. I think Nick Suzuki was playing in that game. If I'm not wrong, um, I, I forgot about Nick Suzuki. the The thing was with the game is I looked because the Leafs posted like a day before that they were their lineup as they've done throughout the preseason. Uh, we got me and my friend got there, and during pregame warmups, um. Montreal still hadn't posted a lineup. Yes, that's right. So by the time the puck dropped, I was like, okay, caught Kenny 15, cool. And I was like sort of figuring out which player it was on the fly because they were all wearing rookie numbers. Uh, I didn't even think of that, that Suzuki might have been playing. That would have been a good thing to keep an eye on. But just from the game, I mean, we could go through a list. It's pretty much the entire team. Toronto was bad throughout. Yeah. Garrett Sparks had some unlucky goals, but he also had a couple that could have gone... Either way, there was one that was borderline goal interference, but obviously it counted. There's an argument to be made just by today's NHL that you would challenge that goal just based on maybe the ref sides with you. Um, Montreal looked good. Charles Houdon scored probably one of the nicest goals I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Andreas Borgman got absolutely walked on that goal. Um, he, you know what? I looked at that goal. It was more he, creative than it was. like He you, pushed He pushed them to the side. Yeah. Houdon, smaller player. Turns spun around, off spun off him, and took the shot. You, as a defender, you're not prepared for a deke like that. Nobody's no. throwing a spin move on you in a hockey game, especially not without the puck. Like you know, yeah. McDa- or uh, Matthews does sort of that quick spin. Yeah, that kind of move where you just sort of pivot to your backhand. Yes, but you're not expecting a guy to sort of do like a pirouette in the middle of the ice. Yeah, so it was. Uh, but it was like it was a nice goal. It was the sad part. I didn't even see that goal. Um. A beer vendor was walking past and was giving a guy a, a tall boy and was blocking the view. And I just heard like a bunch of groans and then saw who don't skating back to the bench. Oh, yeah. I think Montreal or Toronto was like periodically sending people to block me for every goal. The only goal I really remember was the ones that were in my end. Kapanen's goal was in my end. 
So the only goal of the game. Yeah, the really only that was that was a pretty chintzy. Game. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, have an issue with not seeing the goals. They were, uh, they were not good. Um, and people are like, oh, but it's one game. I understand that. You know, it's one game. You can have some guys have off nights, but you have to think. And Babcock made this perfectly clear. I wrote about this post game uh, um, the day after. Yeah, Babcock made it super clear. The reason why those players were picked, so these are guys who will eventually get sent to the Marlies, but they're also kind of in that range of if there's an injury, you're the guys we're thinking about calling up during the season. Yeah, These are guys that have played in the NHL, have had some NHL experience for some, that have a lot of AHL experience, are going to be top-line players in the AHL. And for you to play like that, when you know... That's what this game was about. That and Babcock was, I had no issue with anything he said after that. No. Because he said, you have a chance, you blew it. Yeah, and that's what it was. And There's I mean, one. some some guys are still getting a chance. Trevor Moore is going to get a chance to play tonight. There's yeah. certain guys that I, I keep thought, forgetting that there's a game tonight. I yeah. thought there was this. And weird... that's the upsetting thing for me is I bought the tickets ahead of time. Then they announced the AHL lineup, and then tonight they're playing pretty much the opening night lineup in Montreal. And I'm like, why don't you just play the NHL team in? And I think they're think tonight, and they're doing it on Friday they're, too. Yeah, Babcock said they're doing it on Friday because Detroit's playing there. I guess he's got tickets roster. for Friday. Sorry, um, this was a, this was actually a birthday gift for my dad. There you uh, go. So awesome. You'll um, get to see an NHL lineup. I was like, I was yeah. looking into tickets, and honestly, I think I'm going to go back after watching that game. I think I'll actually go buy tickets for a regular Friday? season game. Oh, regular season. No, yeah, because they're like there's certain games that are like I think there's like some of them are like eighty five, eighty nine. You know, what you, you know, what you need to do is you need to get you have to watch yeah. if you can get Ticketmaster Science has a resell, but even the SubHub, if you get if you say this is a game I'm going to go to, yeah, I am willing to wait. If you just put the money aside for it, it's not bad. No, and if like, you I, and I if you say to, to yourself, if you plan to go to the game and you are willing to wait last minute to get a ticket weekday games, you'll yeah. get it. There's um there's a game I think it's October 29th against Calgary it's a Monday game but it's like a Canadian versus Canadian team it's like 85 bucks to go There's those I'd pay that. I'm going I'm actually so this is because a person I'm going with has season tickets uh we're yeah. going to go see Eric Carlson in a San Jose Sharks uniform to play Didn't the think Leafs. that would happen a couple nope, weeks ago No that game got a lot more <laughs> interesting for me Oh yeah um, um but you could go through the list of I can tell you who I thought played well for the Marlies, it's a short list. Um, Connor Carrick, I thought, had a pretty good game. Yeah, I, compared to the other defensemen, it's not like he Borgman, really stood Bo- out. As Borgman, a well, Andre, Borgman was the worst. Borgman, Marinchin, Subban, and Hull all had pretty terrible, horrific games. The Leafs pretty much were inept at clearing their own zone or getting the yeah. puck out for the first two and a half periods. And by the time they sort of figured it out, the game was out of reach. Exactly. Um, um, Subban was probably the least bad of the three. Hull yeah. had a bad turnover that led to a goal that was just a no-look pass right out into the slot. I don't get it. it. I don't get it because, I mean, look. Nobody played their way into the lineup for this game. That's Justin Hall me. had a pretty good game. I think it was against, uh, it was a Friday game. Yep. And he had a good tryout in the NHL last season, so, yeah. so it's like, easy to think that we he might know he's better than this. So what happened? I don't get it. I don't think he's taken a step back. I think he's. Oh no, he didn't take a step. It could have just been a bad game, or maybe 
you know, maybe it's just a thing of you're 26 your years confidence old confidence and and this is the maybe the closest he's been to making an nhl team maybe he's trying a little too hard to impress the coaches I, that's what i was gonna say I but think, that's that's me saying that that's not me speaking for him so i, I don't s- want to assume anything but you make mistakes when there's more pressure on you to succeed yeah. and you're not a player that's used to that pressure from playing in the ahl i mean he got a taste of it when he played in the playoffs over the Toronto for the last couple of years. Yeah, exactly. But the Leafs are a whole different monster. So, yeah, that was – I think I, – I don't know. I guess he won't play uh, because we're recording this on Wednesday, so I don't think he's going to play tonight. I would assume that you're going to see mostly AHL guys – sorry, NHL guys plus maybe a couple of – you know, additional guys that might be. I don't even know if they've put out a roster for tonight. Did you see anything, Austin, about the uh, the Habs? No, no the I... Leafs. Oh yeah, the Leafs are playing pretty much the opening night lineup tonight. With the um, obviously the Nylander subtraction, Trevor Moore is playing on the top line with uh, Tavares and Marner. That's an interesting one. I don't mind it. Trevor, Trevor Moore didn't have a bad game either. He's just it was. I'm I'm not. I'm see the thing with like Trevor Moore. There's been a some people who are very high on him, and he had a good AHL playoff. Yeah, but you have to make you have like, he had a I think there was one play he made on uh, Borkman's goal in yeah. the Lucan game, which was good. Other than that, I haven't really seen enough to warrant the 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 praise he's been getting from people. Yeah, it's um... but now he has the best opportunity playing with. There's, Marner and Tavares to do something. There are opportunities on the Leafs now because there's a couple of people that have gotten injured, like low key. Apparently, like, Travis Dermott stealing with something. Yeah, shoulder and injury. There's, yeah, there's been a lot of people thinking he might not open the season on the lineup. I don't see the rush. He's, he hasn't looked he, great. In he pre-season. and Hole are playing on the fourth pair together tonight. I don't know if they're playing a fourth pair, but line rushes. They had a because preseason it's a little different because they, they have can, four. You can defensive have lines. them, yeah. They're um, they usually the the rest certain guys. Yeah, Kristen Shilton uh, for line rushes today said he and Hole are on a pairing, but they're the fourth pairing in practice. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I would say like when it comes to the opportunities, yeah, Nylander's still not here, and Tyler Ennis, I give him a lot of credit. Incredible, he's been very good. He's he's like been what Ty Ratty is doing in Edmonton, playing yeah. with McDavid. And hey, he he might not be Ty Ratty. Not saying that. What I'm trying to get at is Ty Ratty has a very interesting situation where he's playing with the best player on yeah. earth. But uh, you can argue that Ennis Tyler Ennis is, is getting... probably as soon as Nylander comes back, he's going to be a fourth liner. So this is actually going to be my question. But he before is you he? get to that is he's played his way into the lineup. He has. He should be on the opening roster. He's, he's made his way, yeah. But my question is, okay, I would say if Nylander, I'm, I mean, we we can get into this now. I'm not convinced he's signed this week. I'm not convinced. That's right. Which, I mean, it's, it's up to, look, it's up to Nylander. If he really wants to be here, he's going to take the, con- take the, whatever offer the Leafs are giving you. And, we don't know if he's, he's willing not. to wait it out, then good on him. We don't know that he's not going to sign this week either. It's a that, 50-50 because Dubas was on Primetime Sports yesterday. Yeah. And he did say that they're, it's just a matter of time until they get a deal done. They're so, coming. He, I believe the actual quote I've actually heard on a deal. I have a couple of friends. My brother has a couple of friends who are like, if he's asking for this, trade him. No. 
They, and they're like, trade him to send a message. I'm like, what message is that? That we if, don't like good players that want money. We are. That's the only message you're sending. We we basically trading. spend all the time saying we're going to get everyone under contract, but now we're going to trade because one's being a little difficult. And let's be real. I don't think Neil is probably not being that. Diff- if it's a matter of the a only person hundred- that should be on the table, there's two people that might be on the table for trading, just because of contract status, and that's Jake Gardner, for yeah. obvious reasons, and. I've heard possibly Patrick Marlowe has been floated as a guy that maybe they trade. That's that's or they make a deal with that he goes on LTI or something like. I, and I don't think Marlowe's going to do that. No, I wouldn't either. But that's why I trade. That's why people saying a trade. He's also with thirty-five plus contract, so his money's guaranteed. Yeah. So he has no, if it, there's not a place in the lineup or he's too low in the lineup, there's no incentive for him to be stubborn. No, he he has his money. It, not only I'm not that. saying Marlowe is going to get traded, no. but that's a name that if I don't, contract, yeah. if money's I don't, tight, then there might look. I, I heard somebody. Uh, I read an article that I shouldn't have read because the <laughs> website infuriates me. Um, that wrote that he is 39. He's no good anymore. He's the fastest skater on the team. Next he to uh, he is the Shut player up. with the best conditioning on that team. Austin Matthews says he doesn't understand how he does yeah, it. The 20 year olds on the team talk about how in shape the guy is. At 39. I, and and he got, potted nearly 30 goals last Let's not say he potted 30 goals. Oh, did he? Uh, sorry, 20, 29. Sorry. I think it was like 29. 29 goals at 38 years old. And he's getting one of Austin Matthews or John Tavares as a winger um, this season. Let me just double check the stats there because I'm going to bring up a couple things about Patrick. That's 29 Miller. goals playing with Nazem Kadri primarily and as a center himself. Against, against on a Mitch matching Marner. line. But this season, he's either getting Matthews and Nylander. Or Tavares and Marner as his center and other opposite way. He had twenty seven goals, twenty assists. He he had five point. He had four goals in seven games in the playoffs. Four yeah. goals in seven games in the playoffs. Two of them in game seven. That he was on should have won. He was on fire to start the season too. I think it was after November or just. He had a hat trick in the first sorry, whole game of the he, season. He had fifteen. Yeah, you're right. Though. He had fifteen goals going into the new year. Like it's not like he just had some lucky spurt. He. Was you want to know what? Why Patrick Merle probably didn't have. As many goals because Patrick Marl had to play center because yeah. he had to facilitate. He had to play with Zach Hyman and Connor Brown because Austin Matthews got hurt. Yep. Patrick Marlow was not a main feature on the power play. He is now. He is. Uh, he's he's on the first the sec- power play. No, or he's going to be on the second. So uh, we're going to get into that for a second. For as too. much as I love the first power play unit, if you want to get into that. Oh, we're getting into that, that second power play unit. I'd rather spread it out personally. So. But- it's like it's like the Penguins. You have two good centers. You just stack them. You're going to score. So I don't know exactly who asked this question of Babs. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Terry Koshan <laughs> of Toronto Sun. I can I can sort of I I've been in the scrum before with the with Babcock. So we, I we recognize both sat guys' in voices. On a Babcock presser. Um. Yeah. I when been, we covered the Leafs last preseason. Yeah, and I when I went that one time for Sportsnet. Yeah. Um. I'm pretty sure it was Terry Koshan because he. His voice is not as like is is recognizable for me. I'm pretty sure it was him. If it wasn't him, I apologize. Um, but a reporter, I'll say, asked Babcock, "Why is your why did you put Matthews on the why are you stacking the top power play unit?" He says, "Why why do you think I'm doing like why I'm not?" not do- he's like, "I'm not <laughs> because he's I like, can is basically the answer." He said to he said, "Which power play unit scored the most?" Or which one did I play the most? The one that scored the most. There well, now I'm going to put the guys guys to score. Like who other than Matthews are you putting? 
He's taking the Ron Hainsey theory of penalty killing and putting it towards the power play, where Matthews should play. Matthews and Tavares should be out there for like a minute and a half. You, you know what's the funny thing? Uh, no offense to her, I'm a great fan. I, I like you know she stirs good conversation on Leafs line. Andy Pachulla actually said that the Leafs power play was good last year because it was balanced. How much did Austin Matthews play on the power play? How many goals did he have on the power play? I am not sure off the top I'm going to look this up. I'm looking at the monitor that I don't know what's up with the studio, but the monitor I'm currently looking at is hooked up to your monitor. So it's my So I can see what you're searching. You, uh, David is currently pulling up stats, and I will buy time while he looks up no, Austin so, Matthews' stats. So they, they bring this Carter up. Carter Hutton had a 931 last season. Good thing I picked him up in fantasy. Um, yeah, I don't think he's <laughs> going to do that in Buffalo, though, so good luck with that nah. one, Austin. <laughs> um, you forget. Yeah, Anthony Nami's going to start in uh, Montreal. That's, I've proclaimed it. So shall it be written, so shall it be done. Um, okay, I'm, going, I'm almost there. I'm almost 69 there, points for Marner. Nice. Yeah, 69. Okay. <laughs> So power play time, power get. play time on ice per game. Austin Matthews was actually fifth, which is very. I feel like that might be skewed by the start of the season. Okay, how about this? Because the down the stretch it was basically here you much go. Cadre. Here you go, Austin. Where does Austin Matthews rank on the least power play time? <laughs> Austin, Austin. Um, where did your good uh, name buddy Austin Matthews rank on least power play time last year? My name is spelled the wrong way now, by the way. Yeah, it is. It's not spelled with an O, so people... Didn't, uh, you, Actually, the, the first time I ever heard that was the Bab Sox guys gave me yeah. shit about it, yeah. saying my name spelled the wrong way. I was like, all right. So, Austin, uh, would you would you care to read out where Austin Matthews ranks in power play oh, time? Look at this teamwork is making the dream work currently. Exactly. Austin Matthews, uh, the Leafs, in the 2017-2018 season, ranked ninth overall in total power play time on ice. Gee... Um, that doesn't really sound like a lot, does it? It, it was 133 minutes. You want to read to everybody who number one was and how many minutes he played? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't see the top of that list. Wow. Sorry, I'm looking at another stat. James Van Riemsdyk was the leader. Uh, Austin Matthews, for arguments, uh, had 133 minutes and four seconds on ice for power play. Now, season. he didn't play all 82 games, no. so we'll take so it's that a little into skewed. account. 20 less games, so he would have probably been at JVR's amount with those extra 20 games. Would he? Would he? Well, his average was 209, so you add that's another 40 minutes average. Okay, how about this? Why don't we look at somebody who did play 82 games and played on Austin Matthews' power play line? Mitchell. Let's no. look <laughs> at William Nylander. Yeah. And Patrick Marlowe. 165 much? minutes for William Nylander. Guess what? They're 7 and 8. They're just above Matthews. Yeah. Connor Brown's at 95 now, as well. And Leo Komarov is right below him. That is twenty. Reading. That is on average almost 20 minutes less in the season than Van Riemsdyk, Marner, and Bozak. And yeah. Kadri because Kadri was the fourth. You fourth. know what's the funniest part of this list, if I could just do it aside? Yeah. Is JVR is ranked uh, first. I looked beside it, and the shorthanded time on ice per game played. Yeah, is I think it's because the Leafs um, would bring it up. Out. They would just throw James Van Riemsdyk out. So when they went to five on five, like if there was like five seconds exactly. left, they'd throw Bozak and JVR out. and Nylander. Yeah, they'd throw the skill guys out so they could just bring their line mate out and go. So JVR and Bozak averaged one second of shorthanded time on ice per game. They played <laughs> a total of a minute twenty-seven. Yeah, 
Uh, JVR was the leader in power play time on ice. He had 184 minutes and yeah. 55 seconds. Mar- Nylander Marlowe played 20 minutes less. Yeah. And That's I, not I, I balance. Can't say, I can't say I blame him. Because that, that line was flying. Yeah, James Van Rienzyk, Marner, Kadri, Bozak, all were good on the power play. When we were, so they played a lot. When we were talking about JVR clipping forty goals, that was that stretch where they were just unautomatic on the power play. They'd score every time. Yeah, so like I don't understand this whole idea that the Leafs power play was balanced because there's an argument to be made that it wasn't, and because Babcock, they were very productive. They were the number two power play in the league. So all of a sudden, this all this issue with loading up the top line, I think, is dumb. Because guess what? Austin Matthews wants to score on the power play, too. Because, I mean, now the Leafs didn't get as many power play opportunities because refs weren't calling plays. Yeah. So they that, that impacts the number a little bit. But don't, don't say that Austin Matthews, like, it's an imbalance. There was an imbalance last year, and nobody said anything about it. Did anybody make a fuss about Austin? There was a little bit of a fuss, but not to the degree I'm hearing now. No, I. So that was <laughs> short answer. No, that's my rant for the day. Holy yeah. smoke! Like some people just do it just to really, they just do it to make me mad. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now to get back to happy. Beer. Can I just say something? Yeah. I did not know the beer prices were that bad. I don't drink beer, so obviously oh, you're I so wouldn't. lucky. You don't you you're you don't have you don't drink. The guy, beer. when I said the drink vendor was giving during the Houdon goal was passing the beer to the guy. It's twenty three dollars for a tall boy Heineken. What? Yeah. The guy. Wow. The guy spent maybe that maybe sorry, he and then just... somebody else bought two Coors Light and it was he gave the guy forty and got five and change. Okay, that makes a little more sense. It's yeah. supposed to be about seventeen bucks. Yeah, that's what I. That's last heard. I it, that those were uh, tall boy cans, though they weren't uh, draft from the thing because I know those are about sixteen in the concourse. Yeah, they're about sixteen, seventeen dollars. But when the drink vendor brings it, I guess because it's to your seat service, they also add the extra ten dollars or so. On. So <laughs> it seems like. Okay, sorry. I said there was gonna be good news. There's a little bit of sad news. SDA, Semyon Durgan Changsev. Argentinsev, Semyon der Argentinsev, der Argentinsev is going back. Sorry, to... is there is there an N in there? Uh, Argentinsev, Chinsev, yeah. Oh, I've been spelling his name wrong. Uh, there is an N there. He is going back to the OHL. Well, now I feel bad. I've been spelling his name wrong. I've just been spelling it Argu Chinsev. Argu Chin T S T S. Oh, like after the goo, is there an N? Argun Chinsev. No, Argu is right. Okay, so I have been spelling Argu it right. Argu Chinsev. Yeah. Okay, cool. I did spell it right. We're good. Uh, C-H-I-N-T-S-E-V. The way you were saying it, it was like, Argun-chin-sev. do Argun Chinsev. So I was like, oh, God. My bad if I'm... First with the contract me. status, now I can't say least players' names right. Um, oh, we have oh a no. friend. Oh, no. Hold on. What is going on here? Back on! Back on! That's Richard Lee Sam's music. The ambiance. So, Richard, you're gonna have two intros on this podcast. Jesus by the way, it's hot in here. Um, so, so Richard, yes. How dumb is all this talk about Austin Matthews on the penalty kill, on the power play? <laughs> on the penalty kill. On the penalty kill. Yeah, he should be on the penalty kill too, people. As in, like, where he should like slot in? Yeah. Who cares? I mean, like, I know that uh, Babcock knows he's 
Sorry, he knows what he's doing, right? Oh, I, gee, I, people, I've heard some people say that Mike Babcock is ruining the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, but those people also sniff glue. Um, <laughs> just look at what you have with that top unit, right? You mm-hmm. have both Tavares and Matthews, right? Usually I would understand if, you know, like this person has to play here. But yeah. if Matthews takes the front of the net, which apparently is going to Tavares, yeah. either player can do... Of. You know, like, either player will thrive no matter where they are, right? Like, they both have yeah. the vision. I personally would put Matthews, you know, where he usually was to, like, walk the circle and shoot. But if he wants to play in front of the net, you know, like, it's not like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure also, it's going like, to be Tavares in front of the net. Yeah, but, but, yeah. and also, like, um, um, Austin Matthews will score 50 goals if he could score on the power play more, right? Not saying that that's a slight to him. It's just... The Leafs have a good power play. Matthews hasn't done that well in the power play. He has the skill, so like, who is stressing about that, right? The media. Ev- everyone <laughs> sort of cuts off the Matthews because they have that signature pass now, the Nylander crossing yeah. pass. But Matthews. now, guess what? It's like the Ovechkin one-timer. Like Defense is playing for it on the penalty kill. It's, it's going to be so much fun to watch. I just hope they don't overthink it. And that's I think such a that's, cliche, but that's like, a very good point. You know, um, a power play has to have a rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. Like with the old Leafs, like Tucker, Sundin, um, McCabe, and Coverle, like they all knew what they were doing. That puck you was know. going to Tucker for the goal line slap yeah, shot. Like <laughs> if I remember correctly, Darcy Tucker scored. It was like fourteen close, to sixteen yeah. power play goals. It just all happens. Is that off? No, it's on. Oh, I was going to... S- get closer to the mic, Richard. I'm going to put the mic in my mouth. No, um, don't do that. <laughs> no, yeah, there's a heavy medium between nope, too far no, in, in mic and mouth. No, you're just it's far inside away, me. and that was um, because of your big entrance you made. No, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so that power play, they all, you know, like that was all about um, feeding McCabe, right? But then when they took away that point shot and yeah. Kyberly didn't want to shoot it, it was like, all right. You know, like backdoor pass to a Tucker. And then you had Sundin doing his thing, right? If they're cohesive, which I'm not worried about, who cares where anyone plays? Fuck, put Matthews on the point. Who cares, right? Like, they'll all skate circles around them because we've seen this. Like, when Matthews and Nylander have that chemistry going, it could be just them two with, like, yeah. you know, like fucking yeah. Roman Polak, oh. uh, Fraser McLaren, Jeez. and just, and they'll still, like, they'll just do their own thing just by themselves, right? Also, I wonder- how odd is it to see Jordan Subban wearing forty six? Yeah, it's that number's cursed. Just like number, it's like every, no, t- every no, time every no, like time number three, on Monday, was, this is needed. We number need, twenty four is just cursed. like when they gave two to who did they give it to at first? Was it Mark Fraser? Number two? Yeah, it was like uh, you yeah, need Fraser. to wash then away. Was, then he was forty five. Yeah, randomly, but you need to wash away those um. Luke Shen sins, and then that went to what poor was it, Luke Hunwick? Shen because it wasn't even his fault. I mean, he was he was just rushed. He, Has like, anyone worn twenty three since Ryan O'Byrne? I don't fucking know who <laughs> Ryan O'Byrne is anymore. All I remember is that he <laughs> once guy, scored on his own the net. The key leaves um, acquisition in twenty thirteen in Montreal, and then the entire Bellsetter crowd just got on the poor guy. Um, I wanted to bring up something. You want to bring up old memories? <laughs> I remember I was my dad and I were going to a Leaf game. Yeah, yeah I actually went to Leaf games as a kid. Uh, Wait, how was, does this affect the Leafs, though? So you, here, so this was bastard. you want. I want to give you so many storylines from this. This was when Lindros was on the Leafs. The Philadelphia Flyers were Flyers were in town. This was a Saturday night because that's the only time I usually went to a Leaf game was Saturday night. Was oh, somebody rich guy over here? No, because we rich had guy can afford somebody, the premium no, seats. No, they were these were <laughs> up high. Still, no. Any seat? Let's not forget. Did. This was like, like oh, let me get. Let's not forget. This was like 
early, like just after the lockout, like these tickets Wait. were not that high. Yeah. Well, first lockout. Okay. I was going to say Lindros. Okay. The f- very first. Lin- yeah. So this is when Lindros so was on team. Um, so Thomas Cabley and Brian McCabe, it was the, they were the talk of the town because of the power play. And they're like, oh, Cabley needs to shoot more on the power play. And I'm like, when well, Brian McCabe was just like rifling pucks like it was no yeah. tomorrow. Like, I pray that they were best friends because they work so well together. And the, the, so I was watching a power play, and McCabe is they're passing it back and forth, back and forth. Nobody's shooting, and like everyone in the crowd is yelling, "Shoot!" Oh wait, is this so? McCabe then gives it to Cabley, and Cabley looked like he just had enough of it and wires it in the net. Okay, and everyone's just like, Cabley can shoot. Best leaf moment as a like one of those ba- like highlight moments when you're a kid and you just like say I was in the crowd when Thomas Cavalier scored on the power play. Do you remember when Cabrillet did the um the um accuracy shooting competition and went four for four and we were all like excuse me? Yeah. Anyways, so from that season or was it the season after? Anyways, do you remember when the Leafs were bad? Not like <laughs> two thousand ten bad, but like they were bad when oh, like, they were like, like Poe's Pack Quinn yeah. bad? Like yeah, like they would try to drag themselves back into the race. Yeah, Paul Maurice yeah. bad. Yeah. So there was yeah. a game against when they had Pavel yeah. Kubina. Yeah. So in that and I such. believe this was also against the Flyers, and uh, it was when shit was getting real. Like they would have to get two points every night. Blah blah blah. Well, I hated those days. Yeah, stressful. Um, and then there was oh wait, never mind. Uh, Paul Maurice was a coach, so this wasn't the Pat Quinn year, but maybe two thousand seven. Um, Pat Quinn's last year was the year after the lockout. Yeah, so that was his last season. I believe they were chasing the Flyers and playing the Flyers, and the game went to overtime. And you knew that. So wait, they were on the power play too, and you knew that the Flyers wanted to take away the um, McKay point shot. This is my favorite um, Brian McKay memory. He took a shot. I don't remember who it was on the Flyers, but they were expecting it, and McKay still shot it at him. He's like down in pain, and Classic then McCabe. the power play keeps going. McCabe passes it to Caberlet, who passes back to McCabe, who went across to Sundin, back up to Caberlet, and you knew what was happening, right? Like McCabe set up his own shot, and when it got right back to McCabe, he just one timed it with a slap shot, like cross barn in, and I'm like, that was peak McCabe. Like that was that we was ran when that McCabe. poor guy out of town for what. Right, like he scored on his oh, net well, once. Yeah, right? that was. He that still was, put up like like uh, fifty points that year. Right? I think he had one year. We had almost sixty yeah. points. I mean, that's the that's pretty much the Brian McCabe, you know, thing was just a rifle. No, people forget how was, underrated that that shot was. That yeah. was like Dion Phaneuf would do that, and he would hit the glass yeah. and like miss fifteen feet wide. McKay was so accurate with John it. Phaneuf was a danger to his teammates. Yeah, Joffrey <laughs> Loophole. How do you shoot ever again knowing that you can't like hit the net? He Joffrey Loophole was standing in the low face-off circle. Like not and even he around jumped. the net. Yeah. Loophole jumped to try to get out of the way because he thought the shot was going low. And he and jumped it ended into up it. going <laughs> high and he jumped into it and he broke his arm. Poor guy. Yeah, but I'd rather him break his arm than break that pretty face. So. What we thought we were getting with Dion Phaneuf was what we had with McCabe except the hits. Yeah. Is is that a fire take or is that like... No, that's a decent Because, take. I mean, I remember a power play with Iginla and Phaneuf. And this was back when, oh, when Phaneuf, Phaneuf was, was good. A Norse, yeah. like, and Phaneuf was just... Pre-pylon. No, um, 
um, people forget. Jerome McGinley was just feeding him the entire power play, like here, and, and people knew it, and they were still getting in front of it. And Fanoff was like, "Fuck it, who cares? Get, like, like, fire, get in front of it if you want, yeah. right?" Pe- people knew that, like, people forget Fanoff was in the Calder Trophy race between Crosby and Ovechkin, I believe that yep. was the year. He, like, Fanoff was supposed to be the next coming. Fanoff yeah. was a cover athlete for NHL in '09. I. I I don't know how well he would have done in this. That's probably where his career went downhill playing, because of the NHL curse. Because he would just dummy guys. Yeah, like it became like, the point where people the, the elusiveness is, of players made it tough for enough to survive. Not just that, but the hits that he had were. Like, and he's still playing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's still say, in LA. Like I don't want to say reckless, but like it was like a lot of them were like blindside, like but but they were clean at the time, right? He also had a good deep partner to back him yeah. up. In yeah. Calgary, uh, and he would just I think it was like, Boomister. was his oh, partner. Yeah, it was Boomister, I think. And then no, I think oh. they tried Giordano, or they tried no, not Giordano. I don't I'm remember who was after that situation back then. I remember Craig I Andre mean, was on the team, and that's about that it. was way before Boomister because Boomister was on Florida, right? But he got traded. Boomister's been in a lot of places. He's been in a lot of places. He got <laughs> traded. To how fuck, like, how old is he? Like, like he's old. I think he's only. He's like, still playing. I think he's only like thirty. He's like that's the weird like like twenty. He came into the league. <laughs> he came in at only twenty five years old. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget he's that. In Florida. His prime, God damn it, dude is a grizzled vet. <laughs> let's not forget that Florida was so bad they would bring up players like him early and then fucking Brian Allen. Oh, yeah. Ed Jovanovski was a big player at the end of his career on the Florida Blue Line. That's how bad he, it was. No, like, I, think, I think Ed Jovanovski and Aaron Ekblad played together. No. I hope not. Those eras just... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, because Jovanovski... I remember that because Fanuf. Do you remember when the Leafs were rumored to get the first overall pick in the Ekblad draft? Yeah. Because Jovanovski was rumored to be coming the other way with the first to dump sa- salary. I think it was supposed to be what? Like the Leafs It was supposed pick. to be like Fanuf and the Leafs pick. Or I think Van Rienzyk was another player. Something like that. And then we were supposed to get Jovanovski and then draft draft Ekblad. That that would have been interesting. Because that was a big Toronto Sun rumor, I remember Classic reading. Classic Leafs, thinking everyone wants to come to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been saying that all summer. Classic, we think, now we know they want to come. To, <laughs> they want to come. See, that went from Classic Leafs to, all right, so who else can we get? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, who else wants to come here? Let's just, um, let's just sign everyone. So, <laughs> what? What happened? Jay Bomeister's only 34. <laughs> No, he's wow. not. You're, come on, that's. Just, I told you, he's that's still fake. Just he's been. He's, show me his passport because I'm pretty sure birth certificate. It's no. literally just the bench warmers. Passport. It's just him saying I'm 34. Like, you can't doctor. Uh, you can passport. doctor passports. Come on. No, not no, no, no. He came into the league. Why do in, I think that he played at the O2 Olympics? He, I he, think he. Mm, hold on, the O2 Olympics was like, like that was 16 years ago. He played wasn't in the not? 06 Olympics. Yeah, so that was he, his first yeah, Olympics. Okay, 06. All right. No. And he played in the World Juniors in I don't remember 02. any of the 06 Olympics other than the we, moves. Other than the, it was the greatest Other than ever. Sidney Crosby not being at the Olympics. That's what I remember the 06 Olympics. Oh, wait, he was only 18. Oh, yeah. and, it was, and, yeah. and it was in Italy. That's his, first, his first season Fucking was... Uh, <laughs> their fault. David. His no, first. it was actually Switzerland's fault. Hey, I, I can't believe... Like, We're trying to talk Jay Bomister oh, here. that was frustrating. <laughs> Jay Bomister is... Fucking uh, oh, Archer's Urbe? Like made that save against wow. uh, Rick Nash. On the, I'm scarred. In 06? Like that, like that, no, like, that was uh, Martin Gerber. Oh, oh Gerber. Ger- and and, that, and yeah. the puck was in the net, but it was in his glove. Yeah. <laughs> like it was in his glove and the net. seventh place that tournament. Yeah. Uh, Jay Bomister came in the if league. If Canada in... comes seventh place in a tournament, <laughs> someone gets killed. 
I'm trying. I'm trying to get the someone to sacrifice. Austin, you trying to get the podcast? I'm trying to get the goddamn J. Bo. No, I want to talk about someone dying if Canada comes seven. Like, could you imagine, like, at the World Juniors, they came seven? The worst I think Canada even six, seven teams in the Olympics. I think like who came before them? Like Kazakhstan. Yeah. No, it would be Nick like Andropov. Russia, all the hockey playing countries. Russia, Switzerland, Andropov, Sweden, uh, Slovakia, Czech Republic, um, U.S. And you're okay with that? No, I'm. I didn't say I'm okay. I'm just naming the teams that play better than. Why don't you care as much as I do? Like, why aren't you as hurt because, as I am? Because Canada has like dominated that, the Olympics. That Sweden no, team. I want it every year. That Sweden team under eighteen, was under fifteen. Old guys playing. They everyone. How about in the Pee Wee tournaments? They too. all have to win. Okay. <laughs> if you want to look at a team that's really exciting, and I don't want to go away from it, but Sweden at this year's World Juniors is going to be unbelievable. Is there, you think Rasmus Sandin's going to be a part of that? Sandin could they be there. Sent him to uh, Marley's. Th- they sent him to the Marley's yeah. camp. We so were about yeah, I mean, uh, Lilligren's still eligible about development. Who? Lilligren's still I eligible. Pr- no, but if he plays for the Marley's, they let him go. I would uh, I would leave a little because I think they also have no. See, I feel like he can still play his way onto the Leafs. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but I mean, like eventually. he'll have to play pretty well. But Sweden has make that the priority. Uh, play in the world. I juniors. think that they send both though, unless if, if you know, I know if like I he has nothing else left. To I run. need a guarantee from Sweden. He's actually going to play because they sent um, they've sent prospects. They sent Razan Razan and he was not he didn't used. Even, he got cut. <laughs> Um, so like um, I would need I some that, sort of. But that was that was Kingston. Play. That wasn't even Toronto. I think that they send um Sandin though. Because oh, and they're gonna like, send uh, SDA as well. Say his name. Say his oh, name. We, we just went. Before you Semien 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 spell his name. D E R. We just actually just did. I got this, it. So S E M Y O N D E R. You just said S E M. S E M. Is it? Is Semien tape. Oh, okay. So you're doing the full name? To yeah, yeah. No, name. I'm S E M Y O N D E R dash. I was going to forget say, the you better, dash. Better fucking say that. <laughs> Just Durgachinsev. One word. Durgachinsev. Durgachinsev. Sammy Dar. Hey, you haven't finished. Have you? Um, <laughs> sorry. No, because I did the article on it, so I had to spell out his name. It's A R G U C H I N T S E S. Right? I don't know. Oh my god! I didn't even have the thing in front of me. So just, yeah, you weren't even keeping track. I could have just spelled out Rasmus Sandin's name, and you would have been no. like, "All right, that's sure." So yeah, it takes. Two, it takes <laughs> he two. said it with conviction. It's, it's, yeah. right. He sounded like he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, C H I N T S E T S E V. S D A. Um, yeah, he'll probably be going for. He'll Russia. go for um, Russia, Russia, I guess. He's Russian. He, he has dual citizenship. He's, He's not going to play for Canada though. No, he's not playing for Canada. Um, <laughs> Who else was? Uh, sorry, although he, he came, he came to Canada when he was like eleven. So sorry, he sorry. has the choice. But although at the same time, Canada hates bringing draft eligible players Who to the World Juniors. Was a dual citizen a couple years ago. Not a least prospect, but no, it was uh, it was one of the guys this year. Uh, well, I'm thinking of like three years ago. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, Vertanen. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because wasn't he? There was a guy. Yeah, was a we, we kind of wish he played for the U.S. and for not Canada. Yeah, he, he I mean, like, I feel Canada. bad for them. Like, like. I don't. I don't want to say I don't care as much, but I'm not as angry at the events now because it's I, like yeah. these are kids, right? Like, and it's also like the rest of the world's caught up to Canada in who, terms of prospects. Who threw the Finland, medal? I think it was US. Finland. Like Finland's sort of fallen off the last couple of years, but Sweden is always oh, yeah. fantastic. Like, look how much better Finland's going to be this year. Do you remember when Kakanyemi and um, Czech and, and Denmark are always pretty competitive? Do you remember when? Um, um, Eli- sorry, Elias Anderson. 
yeah. through the medal. Like, oh, yeah. It's like these guys are kids. I like I know that I just said that they all have to win, blah blah blah. But it's like these guys, like I was these kids, poor care. kids. And I remember yeah, I was like still... at 18 years old. If I lose yeah. on that stage, I'm probably like well, murdering my goalie. Who knows? Right on the on the other like, end, like, I... he was mad, and it yeah. was like you know, like it's like he, was, these... he didn't care. They don't, but it's Europe. It's a lot different yeah. than Canada and when it comes to that. Someone yeah. once um said that to me, like um, you know, you aren't a kid when you're. You know, like I'm 18. Like, let's say he did actually murder his goalie, he would like, be, be charged. And I was like, okay, he can watch porn legally too. So, at the, does that mean that he's an adult? Like, you can buy a lottery ticket, but you can't yeah. drink. Like, that's uh, yeah. Like, that's the best and worst parts about that a tournament is that it's that, so, and like, that and that's part of the volatile. reason why I'm like, if Lilligren plays better off playing top minutes for the Marlies. Oh, yeah. I'm not upset if he doesn't oh, play in the World but, Juniors. I mean, I also want to watch him dummy the competition, too, though. Yeah, like, he mean, was he true. was laying guys I, out at the tournament last year. That he was, was also the not part. He was also not the spot. He, like, he, he wasn't was like, the centerpiece because Darlene was there. Darlene was yeah. there and so other guys. So let's see. Let's watch him lead a team. But right? let's maybe a pairing guy. of Sandine and, and Lilligren. There's Sandine. See, I would argue the opposite and say, you know, why don't you give him a letter? And see how he does with that, right? Because on yeah. the Marlies, it's not like he's the top guy, right? Sure. You know, you put him on a team like... They'll never do that with the Marlies. Right. But, like, you know, like let's say you put him on uh, Sweden. And I'm not saying that um, all players are leaders, blah, blah, blah. But, like, let's see what he can do with the team, right? Because he will definitely be the, the guy there, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least one of the main guys. And, you know, like, you give him a letter and see, all right, here are all your expectations. Now you have a huge part of it. Yeah, it's not like it's like a team like the Marlies. It's like, all right, here, and by the way, you aren't the the top draw, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I really just like watching Sweden at that tournament. That's the other team I cheer for, other than Canada. Oh yeah, um, um, I actually put money on the uh, Swedes winning, and I was mad when that goal went in. I started I started, only time I've ever not been yeah. like hyped at like Canada <laughs> winning. Goal. I was like, all right, guys, let's tie it. I, I started I liking the Swedes when uh, 2015 you were volunteering at the tournament. Because I remember yes. we, we ran into each other at the game. That was a fun tournament. Uh, I went to the opening game of the tournament, and it was Czech versus Sweden. And it was uh, Nylander's first game in the ACC. Yeah. And right. that was really cool. I mean, like, like you know. Um, and he scored. And, yeah. and Connor yeah. McDavid, and Connor McDavid was there. Yeah. and but Oh, yeah. Him too, but William Nylander. <laughs> Wait, who? Connor what? Connor who? Oh, he's that a bust. Guy. He's a bust. Um, but I, I just love Sweden. That, that tournament was fun because it was like, um, we were volunteers, so we had like access to everything and everyone. Yeah. Even though they said don't talk to players at the last like you know yeah day, that was insane. Obviously, as a hockey fan, I would want to talk to the other players, right? Yeah, if you get it, I mean, there's some players that are just yeah. not worth talking to because they're not going to say. No, anything. yeah, but like, but, but if you get a see, chance that's to. only with like the top prospects, right? But we saw like the Germans. Um, and they Didn't were all. Did you say you sat with Denmark? Yeah, for so one we of the sat. What's it called? The uh, Tribune area, right? So it was five rows, and a set. No, two sections at the um, ACC, um, up in like the three uh, hundreds. And okay, it was like yeah. you know, like the you, gondola almost. No, no it was like the, the upper three um, hundreds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The last like five rows or whatever, um, and we could watch it for free because we had a badge. But no yeah. one else knew that, so we would just go in, and we saw the Germans before the gold medal game, and like they were just the biggest tourists. Like they're like, let's take pictures here, yeah. let's take pictures <laughs> with Wendell Clark, let's do this, let's do that, right? And then we got to our seats, and we were sitting beside Denmark, and I saw you, the Ehlers, yeah, and I was like, this is sick. 
You took a selfie with yeah, Nikki. I, I took just a remember selfie. You sent me that. And then I remember talking with the Germans because they were behind us. And we're like, yeah, so like you guys are the Germans. And like they were like starstruck. Like they didn't know that this many people would ever come to watch a junior hockey game. Right? There was that one game, I think it was Lafayette playing, that like the ACC was buzzing. Yeah, oh no, that game. was that was um that that was um Dennis Goldla. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so as a sports fan, as a journalist, you know, like I'm very curious. So, so like I was like, so how did you enjoy it? Like, what was your uh, favorite parts? And then they said, oh yeah, playing Canada was my second favorite. And I was like, you guys got destroyed by them, though. He's like, yeah, but you know, like it's cool to see this. And then, and their first favorite part was like being in there because people would be coming up for pictures, and it was yeah. like, that's your pro moment. Yeah. And it was like, we've never seen anything like this before. And I was yeah. like, well, because they aren't top prospects. Like, they aren't going back to, like, London, right? Like, it's like... They no, they're going back to their hometown for, yeah, where they're... Right? Especially for the players that don't make it. That's, like, their Stanley Cup yeah. or their Olympics. And, and I mean, so, you know, it's a double-edged sword because I was like, yeah, they care this much. But they will light up your social media if you fuck up in a, a big spot, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. You it's know, a real tough situation. The conversations that I had with them, I can't have with, you know, let's say, Darnell Nurse. Because sure, he'll be, you know, like, nice, I guess, but he's trained to, to like, just always give you just the, like, this answer. Yeah, that's the way Because the, they've all been there. They've all done this, you know. Well, it's because it's the culture yeah. that they've grown up but, in. Like, but these guys were, like, kids. It was, like, it was so great to get shelled by Canada and Montreal. Yeah, you. I've and then I was at the NHLPA rookie showcase, and I've interviewed. I interviewed how many players that day? Like ten players, and the Canadian and the American ones were not as talkative. No, it's just the way they are. Yeah. Um. My my favorite, and I've always said my favorite athletes to interview are football players. I mean, that's yeah. who I usually oh, yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah. Player. Players in any sport that don't make a ton of money are always the best athletes. Well, well they just make a lot of money. Thing, but like in hockey, you're trained to always yeah. do this. Well, that's what like, I mean. Is, it's, a, it's, it's, it's because in, co- in hockey, they don't embrace the individuality of players. Yeah. It's the team game. In football. A player could see a unicorn and be like, holy shit. Like, what was that? Oh, yeah. you know, I, I bet that guy that, gets uh, pucks in deep. Yeah, yeah, just right there. And I just like, walk by. They, they, what? That unicorn would be Is a good... Is that English? Like, what, like, right? Like, and that's why... Like John Tavares is showing that that unicorn would be a good line mate, does all the right things. If you've ever watched him during uh, Mark Masters, he's, he yeah, did one. Like, I feel like he's just awkward. He's no, really... you know what? It's it's you know what? When the cameras are on you, it's it's a switch. Yeah. When when you're in a scrum, it's a switch. When you're not, when it's very candid or not, you notice it's a little different for some guys. Oh yeah, Marner is one of those guys. I mean, I've always said, you know, like. Um, even when you're just talking with a person for a story, they know it's an interview. And the moment that you can break that wall of like this is an interview, then you'll get something from them, right? Well, and not just that. If you if you put it in a way that it, there's no pressure, oh yeah, yeah, a trust factor between the yeah, player, that's, and that's all uh, breaking the wall. And you know, like when you go I mean, to the scrum, there's no way that that wall can ever be broken, right? Because it's just a bunch of reporters and you, right? Whereas, you know, like, they're just talking to someone like I've, this. Like, I've interviewed players that have just joined the Argos, and they're they're not talkative. But once they get in the environment, they get to know you, it, you notice they're different. There's a different side of them. That's, yeah. that's like, the number one thing for them. Um, okay. 
let's let's uh, finally get to some leaf stuff when it comes to. Um, I, I just when I look at this roster, I, I and I think Austin pretty much said the same thing too. Is that the roster is is set? Like I think everybody that's going to play tonight against Montreal is who you're going to see in opening night. I like Babcock says he's going to use the time. Nothing set in stone, but. I can't see Babcock making a big switch other than if there's an injury or and a player like, just absolutely shits the bed. What's – oh, that's just iTunes. Yeah, you just open iTunes. <laughs> like in my phone. Yeah. We're good. Just keep talking. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, what's <laughs> – like, it's also like, you know, like there's no need to make a big switch, right? Like, I feel like they know who they're putting on waivers. I feel like they know they've already started doing yeah, some, right? Like they like they know when it's like once like it's not like this is permanent, right? Like once you get I mean to the season, was there you uh, know like it's like that's when things will change, but like there's no need now because they already know who like, they yeah because like when it comes to the defense, yeah. I think they're going to carry eight defensemen. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if Carrick and Hall are the two extra defensemen and. Either Dermot or Rosen gets sent down, depending on if Dermot's not healthy. Like, why okay. have him up? Like, yeah. not in the case of performance. I, I don't think Dermot's had his best, but I think the injury. I is, think if he's completely healthy, it's his job. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, so, like, he's Rosen would get sent down. He doesn't have to clear waivers. I don't think. I think he's still on his Ro- Yeah, no, he's fine. So, like, that makes yeah, sense to me. He was only signed last. Hall and Carrick need yeah. waivers. They're on. They're because Hall might. Clear. No, I don't think he mm. will. He's 26, though, right? He's 26. Yeah, I'm saying age-wise he might clear. Yeah. If a team really needs that skill, and he's a, is he, he's a righty. He's a right-hand defenseman, that's so, why. Yeah, there's a chance. Mm. Eh. So, like, maybe a team, and like, I think Connor Carrick is going to make But if, if you're going to put a waiver base. in on him, you have to be sure that he's going to actually play. You're not just claiming him to be your 7D. That's true. No, no. Oh, I mean, wait, what do you think small. about Josh Levo? He's on the team. Freebo. No, but what do you think? <laughs> He's in the press box. Look, no, 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 look. Well, I'm, like, I'm well, convinced that if Nealander does not sign, Levo is playing on Kadri's wing. Okay. I'll, yeah, yeah I can see that. Well, well everybody Tyler Ennis is going to play yeah. on the top line. Yeah, everybody moves and up if, with Nealander. And, and I think if Hyman is not ready to start the season and Nealander signs, Levo could play in. Uh, in that spot on, on Tavares's line, I feel he's, like he's a good option. Adam. I think Levo hasn't been bad. I, I, no, I mean, I, I haven't really been looking at Levo because I've been looking at the yeah. at Tavares. There's uh, the there's a lot of other shiny things to look at other than Levo, unfortunately. But Levo is a guy. I think he's doing. He he lost. He had a. He came into camp in better shape. I think he really took his, phys, his physical health into like you know yeah. being in better also, shape. He signed last year. Like he signed that extra one year, and people. Were like he's mad. I would understand that he's frustrated. There was a, um, there was a lot of talk of like, um, of um, you know, of um, of um, Levo not wanting to be there. But I, 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 I would bet that there was um, a discussion that was had. You know, like back when they signed him, I, I think it was like in January or February or something like that. Like. You know, like you can be part of your plan, or you can be part of the plans going forward. But you know, like I doubt that they just like uh, kept him up there. Like you know, like yeah, right. Like I, I, I think when you look at the roster, I think like if people think Trevor Moore is going to make it over Lito, yeah. I don't think so. 
Trevor Moore is going to be a good top six forward with the Marlies this year. Yeah, and, and that's what he an injury be. call up when yeah. it, it nests seats. Like I don't think he's like not going to make. I think if it's he, not that he's not good enough. It's just he, you you have there's guys just, you have to are, justify him making it over someone else. Exactly, he's not a bad player, but he's not that much ahead of the players that are available that have already played for the okay. team. So let's talk about something now because people <laughs> will always say Jay Bomeister. No, like a uh, cap room, this and that, blah blah blah. That thing that we just, you know, that we um, talked about with um, Trevor Moore, it applies to a lot of other yeah. of the um, Marley's guys that have maybe a higher ceiling, like the Yonsons, the Kapanins, right? People stressed all summer about the cap room. Yeah. You sign a Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, hopefully, and then it's like you can plug in the other guys when you have a good system, right? And that's also what we talked about before. It's like, you know, there's no real concern right now. The funny thing is that a lot of people that are saying the Leafs can't do this cap-wise are not realizing that to be a good team and to have good players, you have to pay those players what they're worth. But not even that. You also have to have these players, the Trevor Moores of the world. And the I Pierre mean, Engvalls and the up-and-comers that will be on those cheap contracts that are going to be good Jeremy Bracco's. Jeremy Bracco, yeah. Adam Brooks. Look at who the Penguins won the cup with, right? Yep. Jake, they had, Jake, Jake Gensel, Gensel and Connor Sheary made, like, they, they burst on they, the scene. Didn't they have, like, 50 goals combined? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, it's all about development. And if you develop well, which the early returns are, you know, like, it shows like they have. That's why the Blackhawks are in the position, and they haven't developed. Yeah, it's like... No, they've traded away a lot of their picks. You can have your uh, boat anchors, but then it's like, if those boat anchors are playing well, which fucking Seabrook isn't, um, (laughs) you can have the boat anchors if they're playing well, and you have a good farm system. You just plug guys in, right? So, and that's why the Hawks, which, I mean... You know, like, you can't be mad if you're a Hawks fan because you have fucking three cups now, right? <laughs> like, you've seen more cups no, in it, your lifetime than your parents have. Exactly. Right? We bring up the Kings and the Blackhawks, but they're two teams that sold off their future to win now. Yeah. And it worked. There were Boston a bunch of is tri- a team that sold off their future, but they, they have a good system. Let's yeah. not act like Boston's Who not the a good fuck is Frank Vitra? I don't know half of those guys. Exactly. Well, that's, that's a perfect example. Boston has Marchand, Pasternak. Bergeron, who are their three big guys. Then, but then they have, they had last year, Tim Schaller, Jake Toronto, DeBrusque, uh, Vetrano, uh, uh, who Danton else? Danton Heinen. Dan Heinen. Um, yeah, just the young, young, the young Ryan Boston Donato. Kid, Donato. They're all young Boston kids. Austin. Sorry. The one, all young Donato, Boston. Donato was the one that was going to Harvard while he was at Boston. Harvard. 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 Imagine going to Harvard and then playing hockey. <laughs> In Boston. <laughs> no, just playing hockey. Oh. <laughs> Imagine going to Harvard and then just playing I'm hockey. I'm a Harvard taught that's student like, athlete who's going to lose half of his teeth before I'm 30. And that's like, you know, uh, Jeremy then like, you know, like Ivy League schools and then, you know, just fuck play sports. Hey, Ryan's fit, Ryan that's Fitzpatrick. How you, that's how you Harvard get to, to afford to go to school like that. Yeah. Look at the beard he's rocking. He Everyone's feels. rocking beards now except you. Because <laughs> now everyone can <laughs> Oh, you've been trying. Yeah, I've got a sweet neck beard going. <laughs> I just didn't I'm, like, I'm, the, I'm the Mitch Marner of the podcast. It's all good. I know, I know what my situation well, is. Well, uh, don't worry. Austin got us our guest for today. Uh, we're gonna have a conversation with John Mattis. Uh, you'll you'll hear it after our break. High five, yeah. me, Richard. Um, 
That was Yo, the a, the epitome of a pity high a five great, right a great there. great conversation just... uh, that Richard was a part of as well. And yeah, I just walked in. I was like, "Yep, this is me now." Then... Do you guys have any last? Because uh, we're uh, hopefully we'll have time to do a Leafs season preview before the season actually kicks off. Yeah. Any last thoughts on the Leafs before I move on to uh, a very very sad note? Uh, a sad but not like er. I'm trying to think of a way to make this not seem terrible. To what the Jays it. did was they sent off our favorite person to a farm upstate. Yeah, let's um, Leafs drop the puck. I mean, the ref might wait 15 minutes before he drops the opening puck, but, you know, just I'm just excited for the season. Slash the ref in the ankle. <laughs> so <laughs> if you, give we the, can fight give, them. Give him the Dennis Wyman <laughs> treatment. You're yeah. fine. Oh, that was fun. That was funny. All right, Jace. Um, yeah, so we we <laughs> we all right knew on. we all knew it was coming. They've made it official, but not official. I no, they have. They They've announced it. Made it official, uh, like official two hours ago or an hour ago. What time is it now? It's almost three o'clock yeah. as we're recording this. Oh god. Um. So, a lot of emotions here because there are people who didn't even want John Gibbons back when he came back. Most people didn't want John Gibbons back. I didn't want John. Just Gibbons like, back. just like yeah. when people didn't want Jay Hat back. Okay. I wanted Hat back. It, it's a little yeah. different for Gibbons though. Cause he was managing I mean, the like, team in sort of like that. It's like, not purgatory. Like where we went were doing better things either. Right? No, exactly. they fired him and he just yeah. went and became a third base coach. Yeah. He just went and got <laughs> a, drunk, a just, double A third just, base coach. Well, what do you think he's going to do now that he has a guaranteed contract for next season? I don't think he's ever not been drunk in the, since 2013 though. <laughs> I, so I think, say. I think everything is just like status quo, but he'll be doing it at home instead of in Toronto. So he's, he's been on one since the 2015 yeah. game where they clinched so against he, Baltimore. So he came back 2013, 2013, yeah, the 2013 season. He's been here five years, two playoff appearances, uh, one kind of probably should have flirted. won a World Series one of those years. Definitely should have won yeah. in 2015. Could have won And just unfortunate crap. Uh, Jose Bautista dropping a ball. Or yeah, Bell you can go into specifics. No, that was, just... I mean, like, if you guys want to get into this wound. Uh, I don't, don't want really. to. No, let's fucking I'm do just, it. Uh, David just... Price was tipping his pitches game two and game six. This change up, they knew it was coming. The day after they were bounced, Tom Verducci of Sportsnet um, Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. Sportsnet <laughs> Illustrated. Let's start a new network. Uh, they paid me for that, by the way. Um, yeah, so Tom Verducci That's basically talked about the scouting that the Royals did. So when people talk about that ball falling, it it didn't matter. It should it should have been a non-factor, right? Because but game six, the Jays only lost two one. No, but Price was still tipping his pitches. Like there yeah, was, I did. Uh, what was Price through five or six before that started yeah. blowing up? Yeah, he he pitched really um, well before that. No, but like in game even, two, yeah. Like I feel yeah. like they scored because they were crushing his changeup early on. Anyways, yeah. So they knew when it was coming, and um, Price was cruising up until the fifth or sixth. Whatever, yeah. and uh, there was a pitch to Hosmer, who was a lefty, and the and sorry, and his changeup is a devastating to lefties, mm-hmm. and Hosmer just left it, right. So like, that's supposed to be your deceptive thing, right? So if you know it's coming, either you're crushing it or you're just like yeah. laying off it, right? So yeah, that's they, that's the one thing that I'll never get over because they should have won that series. Yeah, price should. and not to blame it on price because price was great. Well, and there was the one D- Ari Dickey start in Toronto. No, that's, fuck that. Who cares? Like, like Ari Dickey should never have been on that I mean, Kansas no, City I, yeah. series. It was either Dickey or Burley, and I, I like I Burley was done at that kind of done. Yeah. So point. I mean, yeah. and I was fine with a Dickey because like that's, it's a knuckleballer and 
you know. It's just not um, every team that's picked to win the championship and, is going to win it. That's yeah, but that was I and, was that was that was tough. The way yeah. that Amal said is if Dicky doesn't get rocked in game 4, we we probably don't see a Mistrada like do what he did in game 5. Marco that was the greatest. He's the game another player I wanted to get to. Like people, people are like, "Oh, Marcus Strauss." People done. forget how good. Good. Oh, good. Oh, oh, oh yeah. No, but yeah. 2016. Yeah. He was the Blue Jays' go-to, other than Stroman in the if playoffs. If you want to talk about an outing that really defined a career with a certain team, that was it for Marco Estrada. Yeah, I was there, and it was like I have yeah. not heard the place louder. Generally, for the bat flip when Marco Estrada was. was were you there for the bat flip? Yeah. yeah. I, was, I remember seeing that wild. I was, uh, I, I, I was, was there, there with you for uh, 2016. Oh, yeah. I was CS. about to cry. In that yeah, I, I think I hugged you. Like, it's, it's over. 2016. My yeah. life is over. I went to yeah. um, I went to game, I think it would have been the Strowman start against the Royals. Oh, uh, that was election day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, I was covering it. I, I actually I actually made right. my vote. Yeah, we were went, covering <laughs> I made my vote, went down with my cousin. We went. Did you vote for Batista? No, sorry. Um, fucking worst. <laughs> that and I was the one that started. I I take credit for this because I know I did. I was on the start of the, the Cueto, Cueto chance. That was fun. It was, it was we got fun. we got jo- yeah, we got Johnny Cueto uh, um, flustered and rattled. Rattled. Yeah. And I mean, and that, that like the games were just different back then. It was yeah. so yeah. Like I it, mean, like if they that, were competitive and if exciting. I, fast forward, right? So let's say I might wake up. In 2015, and then I see that we're speaking on the 26th of September 2018, talking about how great things were. I would have been like, "I'll take that," right? Yeah. Just knowing that they didn't win the World Series, I'll like, "I'll take that," right? Because if we were, if you knew in the past that we were they, still talking yeah, about like, them having a good team, they went from an afterthought yeah. to just the team that everyone yeah. hated, right? And and yeah. those games were like, I went to a lot of the playoff games. A uh, game one of the DS in 2015. Game five of the DS in 2015. Game five of the CS. I remember watching it. Were you just rolling in money or something, or have no? See, I knew guys that all had season tickets, and uh, Richard's got some good connections. So the price that I paid would be like. 60 bucks because that's what they were paying those for the 500 level tickets right those games were a different monster and then the estrada game um while 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 sorry while dickie was getting torched prices on a stub hub were falling so i paid i think 100 bucks for a pair of seats on stub hub for an alcs game and watched like this guy pitched the game of his life yeah so then i went to the wild card game 2016 that um, that was a fun game. I, was I at went that one. to game three of the CS with the Donaldson slide. I went to the the elimination game of the CS, and then I went yeah. to game three of the CS yeah. where Bauer got hurt. They couldn't win a bullpen game, and then I went to game five for the CS. Where Na- yeah. uh, who was it fun. again? Tyler Naquin? Uh, no, I don't was... remember who. All I know is that Ryan Merritt started. In the game. Yeah, is Ryan Merritt the. Yeah. It's no name picture that Bautista yeah, yeah. said we're gonna crush. This I remember, kid. and people I've, got on Bautista like, "Oh, what is like? Are they gonna try more now?" Because Bautista said this one thing, like, "You don't want to wake them up." Like, were they not gonna come and do their job in the playoffs? Like, yeah. Like, the reason why Bautista was so good was that he spoke his mind, and even even if you roasted him, he didn't care, yeah. right? Well, and like, he'll flip his bat. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> am I guarantee? If you tell Batista, 
um, fuck, I'm gonna flip your <laughs> bat now, but we will throw at you next year, and you'll get punched in the face. He'll do it. Guarantee you, he throws it farther, right? Like it's <laughs> like he's he does like, that kind of person. So I mean, like people were mad about that quote, but I was like, this, like this is Batista we're talking about. Like, are you new here? Yeah. Like this guy would be fighting with umpires when they were like 20 games below 500, right? Yes. Like he's he's the same guy, and it's like. He doesn't do it for anyone. He just does it for himself, right? Like and that. the common denominator is just how good of a job John Gibbons did in those two years yeah. to yeah. manage manage the different players coming in. Yeah. Like, like the were... big changes that he had to make. I mean, look, it makes it a lot easier when you get Troy Tulewski when he's yeah. not crap. Uh, David Price when he can actually pitch. Aaron Sanchez out of the bullpen. It wasn't even starting. Yeah. Sanchez in the setup, man, was pretty People wanted to on. fire Gibbons when he brought in Price – in relief, but if he old, didn't, that yeah, game would have gone away from them. In other Texas. lefty that they had was Loop because Cecil yeah. was hurt, and it was like, yeah, I we we actually somebody mentioned. I think Jeff Blair mentions if Brett Cecil was available. Oh yeah, he's because with that game Price against, on the ropes. The, again, the only other lefty you have is Loop. So would you rather have Price not knowing that he was tipping his pitchers, or would you rather have Loop? I right? think that's probably the one thing like, Anthopolis. Probably want to and couldn't it was, do. It was on such a stupid like. I and think he Cecil, had picked off like Napoli or something, and it, like he just he hurt his his yeah. foot or something. Yeah, um, it was yeah, in the arena, like, right? He didn't he, he tore his calf. Yeah, didn't he like was, overstep on a pitch? Yeah, and, just, yeah, no, but, he was no. doing a pickoff play. Yeah, oh, right, so he right. was chasing Napoli to second, like he just tagged him, and then that was it. But yeah, yeah, and he you knew know, right away. You have Cecil there in game two. The Jays tied up. You know then. The whole butterfly effect, blah blah blah, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe we don't see, um, like maybe we don't see a Mistrada, uh do what he did, but the Jays are a much better team because he was yeah. great from like May on, right? Like, well, as soon as he was announced in the starting rotation, he was no. Good. Um, I mean, um, oh. um uh, Cecil. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, like, like, he, like he was lights out. Like there was a game against. There the was Yankees. a reason why the the Cardinals pay what they paid to get him. He's not. Pitching well this year, but I mean, yeah, he hasn't pitched well since joining the Cardinals, really. Um, oh, like he had his moments last year where he was pretty moments, decent. but you're as a bullpen. I mean, guy. Yeah, you don't like, pay for moments; you pay for consistency. No, you pay for moments. But yeah. you, there's, you pay. Top <laughs> I classes. want consistency. You pay top, but like if you are a major league guy, you you that's why you don't pay these you know these um these bullpen guys top money, except if you're. Let's say a Kimbrel or a Chapman, because then then you get the consistency because like they've always done it, right? But yeah, I mean, like he had his moments in Toronto as well, yeah. where it was like you know so, bad luck. So so with Gibbons leaving, um, yeah. a who do you think gets? Who do you? I don't have any clue. Oh me, I'm T- the new manager, Tim Lieber. Okay. No, um, <laughs> I don't think it's anyone within the organization. The very safe bet it shouldn't be. is. Um, Demarlo Hale, yeah, but it should be Schneider. Demarlo Hale basically coached the team for half a season. Okay, but do you think it should be? Do you think there should be a Latino presence? Yeah, of course, for sure. Our top, the top player coming in, but Schneider won with Fisher Cats. There's this whole youth movement, right? Yeah. If I mean, like, you also talk to guys like Vlad and Bo and see, you know, like how has how. Do the players respond to him, right? Um, I don't know if, um, if teams do that, but they should, especially with, like, a younger team, right? Like, um, Somebody brought up the name Carlos Beltran. 
Maybe. <laughs> uh, somebody brought up the name um, uh, Victor Martinez. I was like, I've also heard Omar Vizquel. None of that makes sense. No. And I mean, unless you're talking about um, I do. Options. I do prefer a guy who's worked with younger players. That's yeah. why. That's why. Yeah. I mean, uh, just because he speaks Spanish, he yeah. shouldn't be a top candidate. For you the want to promote someone within if there's not like or Portuguese a top a candidate um, available. No, right? that doesn't no, count. Is it Spanish. I don't. It's not. It's a messed yeah. up. It's no. It's yeah. Like, sorry. I'm gonna. Did you say it's time. a messed up? Yes. It's a messed. <laughs> It's, it's just a messed up. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. It's no good, okay? Um, I'm happy that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a messed up. Um, yeah, yeah but I mean, like, the same. this will be Vlad Jr.'s team, right? Like, there's oh, a yeah. whole youth movement, right? They made so that shirt when Donaldson was gone. Yeah, so if yeah. Schneider is your guy, and the players think that Schneider is the guy, right? And Schneider wants the job, right? Maybe he's next, but other than that, I don't know. It's that could be foolish. I think to, I think a new hitting coach would be. Oh, yeah, that's you know, like that's Jacoby that's the coach right now. Brooke Jacoby is yeah. the coach, but like I heard on Baseball Central, they're saying bring in a guy who's Spanish just because, and not just because he speaks Spanish, but he can communicate. Jose, Jose, Jose. He Jose. wants to play again. Or, yeah, he that's fine. Let him hard. Let what him if, play and coach. I can't. What if you have Carlos Beltran as a hitting coach? I'd be. Uh, I see. He speaks Spanish how, and he can hit well. I don't know how I feel about that because, you know, fucking Gretzky couldn't coach. Yeah, right? but it's a different era, though. He, like, the, yeah, but Gretzky like, was so put, far removed. He was like, he started coaching the Colorado he's won, like early 2006. 2006. 2006. Yeah, right he retired in 1999. I don't know enough about Beltran other than he was good at um, hitting. At hitting. Yeah. Let's say Donaldson is 40. Then I would be like, Donaldson should be the next coach because we know what Donaldson does and how he thinks about the game. Because the way that he thinks is is progressive, right? Like, it's very, like, you know. He would also probably be the best, like, just the swaggiest yeah. coach in the league. And, I mean, like, you need a guy that knows more than just his own but, like, way but of But the reason why I say I brought up Beltran's name is because he was on the Astros. Yep. He was a big part of that World yeah, see, Series team. Like, I don't really care that much about it, that. Like, it's like, you know, like, um, if Beltran has the... The leadership, cool, that's fine. That's what I'm saying. Um, if he knows how to work through his own swing, that's cool, right? But you yeah. have to have someone that can teach, right? Yeah. Like, if it's a guy that played and only knows how to do this thing and only knows, like, you know, the uh, mechanics of his swing, that's not really going to help the team, right? But that's what you get through the interview process. Yeah. You you, but, you vent that out. But I do think, I would say Pete Walker can... Continues to be the pitching coach. He's been coach. here forever. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't I think it's say, his fault. Do you see Demaro Hale staying as the bench yeah. coach? What? Um, I mean, see, what, like that, okay. Now, would our Leaper and Rivera still? I think you keep Leaper because he's just he's good. infectious. He's you know like he's a puppy. is Louis, is Louis Rivera getting a lot was, of flack? Okay, so do you guys watch? Um, fuck. Do you guys watch? Um, uh, BoJack Horseman? No. So there's a, a character that's a dog. Um, and Andrew Stoughton um, compared him to a puppy and used like a picture of the dog named um, um, uh, Mr. Peanut Butter, right? And it was like, this is how you know, like this is how um, Tim Le- Tim Leaper uh, sees you when you get to first base, right? Like he's just infectious. And again, I can't speak on guys like Leaper or Rivera or Hale because most of the work that they do is not. Uh, during the game, right? Like it's more of like, yeah. you know, uh, batting practice, like those kind coming of things. Right? Early and working yeah, in right? the field like, or working on the base. But I mean, yeah. 
Leaper is liked enough. Uh, players respond to him, it looks like. You know, like, I don't think he's, you know, part of the problem. Whereas like, like Gibbons is not the problem. No, but it, the roster is the problem. But it's uh, Gibbons is different because he just doesn't want to be part of a, of um, a rebuild, right? And like just so like I honestly think that it's not as much as I'm firing uh, John Gibbons as much as it is um, you know like a John Gibbons quitting because he said last month you know like I don't know how I feel about yeah. being part of a rebuild. That's right? the other thing is he didn't sound like he wanted to coach a young team. That was going through that with all the youth coming in, Vlad. And obviously, if your team does well with mm-hmm. young hitters and there's success, you're going to stick around. Yeah. But it sounded like there was going to be a little bit of growing pain with these new guys. So we'll do a full dissection of the Blue Jays season and their off season. I think we'll oh, we'll, yeah. we'll try to get Keegan in. We'll do a nice little roundtable. We'll get some Keats. Alexander yeah, Keegan and, and Richard under the same roof. Let's just get us drunk and see where the night goes, right? Just just take a phone to a bar, put it on a table, and just talk. Keegan! Uh, no, I mean, like, Keegan. I feel like Keegan would provide a better perspective on something like that. Because, A, he's smarter than I am, let's be real. <laughs> but he's be, smarter than everyone. Let's Keegan is real. there. Like, he's Keegan's actually at... He's been with the, the park, team, right? The like clubhouse. I, like, I cannot um, no one here speculate. Can. No on, one can. No. But Keegan would have a better understanding of, let's say, what a leaper does. Yeah. And if he does it well or if he's, you know, like just like walking around like all the time, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas I'm just like, I like, you know, like he's cool. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Whereas I want to keep a leaper just because he's, you know, super funny and like yeah. woke on Twitter. Right. <laughs> exactly. He's just basically a meme. <laughs> he's woke on like He's he's hella woke. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I think we'll end it there because uh, we do have uh, the conversation because we do have our our guests. Uh, so we have John Mattis from The Score coming in to talk next. So we're going to end the conversation there. And uh, we're going to do less Leafs talk in that conversation, um, but some really good NHL talk that got real uh, – but how does it affect the Leafs, though? Like, no one has answered that yet. <laughs> That's the hopefully, first thing um, hopefully someone will tell me how it affects Leafs in this next part. Okay, we'll get to that next uh, on the Tip of the Tower podcast. Back to the Tip of the Power podcast, and we've got some guests here today. First off, uh, the return of Richard. Richard, where have you been? I went into the wilderness, uh, tried to find myself. Cut your and, hair yet, and yet your hair is shorter. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, was, <laughs> so that doesn't really make sense <laughs> to me. First thing he found when he got back to civilization yeah. was a barbershop. Yeah, no, like, I, um, yeah, so like I woke up this morning not knowing that I would make my return today, but it feels good. <laughs> I yeah. ended up walking into the school, running into Richard, and just being like, okay, this is happening. Yeah, well, so I was just um, activated off the DL, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm in the best shape of my life. You're, you're like the anti-Troy Tulisk. At least you come back, and we know. <laughs> Plus, like, 50 pounds, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting? Well, and usually, okay, so people usually know we do this over Skype, but when we have a guest, 
and sorry, it wasn't you, Richard. That was the plan, guys. Oh no, like I just walked in. Um, <laughs> we usually come he, into he made the himself school. Available. We we bring out the bigger guns. I mean, it's not the studio we wanted, but uh, we have John Mattis here from the score, and it's not Matisse. People at the ranks calling him Matisse. Uh, it is John Mattis. He is a contributor. The staff. What would we say? The staff. National hockey, hockey writer. writer. National hockey writer for the score. Uh, he's had. I mean, his resume speaks for himself. Uh, was previously with the Toronto Sun, post media. I guess once the merger, yeah, yeah. merger happened, uh, he's been covering hockey ever since. Since seven years, I guess. I started in London covering the London Knights, and then ended up in Toronto about five years ago. So. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I re- really appreciate it. I want to know more about Richard. Can we yeah, yeah, sidetrack a bit? Okay. This is, is why, this were you, why are you in the wilderness? What's going John, on? It, John's it's here, but this is just going to be a Richard podcast. It's September. <laughs> oh, no. It's late September. Do you want to see the, the leaves changing? or like What yeah, were you doing? So like I came back for like the actual leaves. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> what was the last time I was on here? Because Oh, like, man. Because I remember we were like, talking James. When it, whenever, you know, it was when you started your new, your new jo- yeah. your job. A job, just like a non-journalism job. And, uh, yeah, like I was busy all the time. Like, I had no time to talk about sports. I feel like that was right when I took over at the uh, Jays Nation. It was just like... Yeah, well, so you were being at input. You were, like, starting out the Jays Nation at that time. Yeah, so it would have been, last like, one. anywhere from Like, April I don't remember the last May-ish. thing that we talked about. Regardless. But, hey, I mean... It was well, Leafs, for sure. For I'm sure that I was happy oh, about really? the Jays. Like, just, like, a young, like, bud, like, just, like, full yeah. of hope. And then... <laughs> young bud. Yeah. You, you lots, of, lots of Leaf mentions here. Oh, yeah. Man. Wait, how is this the... Sorry, how does affect the Leafs? Like, <laughs> that's what like, it comes down to. That's all in this country. That's all it comes Sorry. down to. Zach Smith, how does it affect the Leafs? <laughs> so what you're Do saying we work is... for the Toronto Sports Network, guys. <laughs> all that stuff is just the dumbest thing to. You yeah, know, like the so, Leafs is. Sorry, the Leafs are you know always talking about, it and people just get mad at it. So it's funny because people will. I I think Rich, you're you're kind of keeping the Blue Jays somewhat alive with all your tweets and. No, I mean, like, there's still um, relevant. Somewhere. Some relevance now until, you know, until we see a John Tavares play, like, a real hockey game, right? <laughs> and then it's, you know, like, everyone will switch over until it's Vlad time in May. Uh, that was funny because I was listening to the 31 Thoughts podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, and Ellie Freeman is just like, people are sick and tired of the Leafs now. Wait until they actually start playing games. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, John, you probably know this firsthand, being someone who's covered hockey so long, that it's usually Leafs, Leafs, and Leafs. When yeah, it comes I to think it. it's warranted, finally. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's always a, a necessary evil, even if they're the worst team in the league because the fan base is so massive. TSN, Sportsnet, these big companies that people are attracted to, they can't ignore anything to do with, with the Leafs. There was the one season where they finished last in the entire league, and there were people in the fan base checking out. But they were always going to come back. So now that they're good, I mean, it's only fair, really. It is. I mean, it's – and, Richard, you said this before the pocket. They're like the New York Yankees. Yeah. I mean, like, without the winning, right? But uh, <laughs> the um, obnoxiousness <laughs> is absolutely there because – okay, so um, I was watching a highlight two weeks ago, and it was of um, a Reimer's save in um, L.A. And it was – a Reimer made a save, and then I think it was – um, Mason Raymond went and scored a shorthand. Oh, I remember that one. Right? The glory years. And that was 2014, I believe, or something like that. And you could hear audibly a huge Leafs presence in L.A. Yeah. We are, or, you know, we are the Yankees. And I say that um, as a fan that, you know, but we are the Yankees fans just without the winning, right? Because uh, no matter what you say, it will be clicked on. It will be talked about, you know. Like, people are on Twitter um, arguing about, like, 
the fourth line center. No, like not even that. Like it's like who should make the team? You know, like which Marlies and like I've, there are Marlies depth charts. Yeah, I've which, seen legitimate conversations about like yeah. whether Rasmus Sandin and Sean Dersey are going to yeah. make the Marlies or who's going to bounce them out. And you know, like while that is relevant, it's also still yeah. September, <laughs> right? Like as a Dallas Cowboys fan, oh yeah, Cass, yeah. Uh, you're the worst. <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> Hold on, we can all agree on this table. Wow, uh, no, as long as you're not a Pats you, fan, <laughs> we know that one. Hold awesome. on, you brought it up. But the reason I bring this up is because people always argue why are the Cowboys always on Sunday Night Football, yeah. the mo- biggest prime spot there is in the NFL schedule. It's money. It's yeah. money. Yeah, the Cowboys are the richest franchise in the league. Jerry Jones makes it that way. I I hate Jerry Jones' guts. I'm not that type Don't of Cowboys fan. Um, but it's it's just the way that the yeah. economics of the sport works. I mean, I don't like the Cowboys, but I will still tune in to hate watch them, right? Like, people it's, will watch That's Leafs. basically all of Western Canada yeah. with the Leafs. Like, yeah, people watch Leafs just to see the Leafs fail, right? Yeah. You know, um, we live in an age of, like, going viral on Twitter. And who, it's, who were the happiest people when the Leafs lost in Game 7 to Boston yeah, last right? year? And Western Canada. When there are... Yeah. When or the rest of Canada, excuse me. Yeah, when, <laughs> just yeah. lump everyone. In Sorry, there. I forgot about the we gotta, East. We don't give credit to Ottawa no, and Montreal yeah, but, fans. I'm not. Um, when something is published about the Leafs, um, what was? Oh yeah, so you know, should uh, Matthews be the captain? Blah blah blah. Oh yeah. All the other fans will quote tweet it and send it to their followers, like you know, like oh, like why do they think like we care? But then they share it even though they don't like it. Like that's the effect the Leafs have people that they don't even that don't even like them yeah and it goes both ways right when things are down in the dumps with the leafs like let's say this season they're not going to win a two games when they go on a three game losing streak it's going to feel like yeah. the world's ending in trouble <laughs> oh, yeah, right so definitely. it's it's sort of a balancing act but i think finally the toronto maple leafs are a legitimate nhl roster uh, so yeah. far as they're actually i would put them in the top five in the league on paper so yeah. i think all of the bragging all of the yeah. Um, obsession on Twitter and Twitter, you can filter who you're following. So I mean, if you don't oh, like yeah. it, unfollow people. But <laughs> yeah, like, <right>? that's <laughs> like it's it's literally built to have your own news feed. So <laughs> you can you can literally you can start from fresh. You know, unfollow everyone and then start building it up again if if you if you just can't handle it. And you can delete the word Leafs like to yeah, ever yeah, go yeah, in you, your mention. Leafs, yeah. So many people, people on Twitter just hate follow. Yeah, Leafs like, people love to hate watch, right? Like just hate. Like um, interact with the fans too, right? Like it's all about not like it's, it's it. a game. It's you know they they look for a reason to complain. I think uh, Twitter's become the worst at that now. I feel like three quarters of the things yeah. I read are negative. All you know, um, all the um, Habs and Sens fans have now are hoping that the Leafs flame out, right? And there's nothing wrong with that because when they were I'm um, in the uh, conference final uh, two years ago, like like we did the same thing to them, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, like we were we were like, there's no way, like this is not happening, like yeah. that the senators. I'm still saying that I don't know how that happened. I other than Carlson, yeah, and he Anderson. Like, had he, the coaching day, like playoff of his life, uh, just no, I, shutting teams down. Look, I feel like like most of that, well, all of that, I would say was Carlson. Like he dragged them to on almost, one ankle, almost yeah, almost the finals on one ankle, right? Like he's. He was better than every single player in that playoffs to me because the Senators had no business being there. No. But, like, when you think about it now, they were one goal away from the cup final. Like, you know, you put the worst team against the best team, the the worst team will win a few of those games. And, like, like these are the it, playoffs we're talking about too, right? It's the way the NHL, I think, has kind of 
the the competitive gap yeah. is getting cl- like closer. Yeah, there is more parity, right? But definitely, I mean, like across from like God mode, those those are three weeks or whatever it was. No, we knew the Carlson trade was coming, but like we still weren't exactly ready for it. I mean, like oh, not to San Jose, we weren't. Yeah, thankfully I mean, San Jose. Well, I, thankfully, everyone wants to gauge the trade. I'm just wondering, like the return. What did you think of it personally? Well, so. Uh, I'll, I'll preface this by saying <laughs> this relates to Pacioretty yeah. and um, Jeff Skinner as well. All three of those guys, if I'm remembering correctly, Carlson, Pacioretty, Skinner, were going to be on expiring contracts. And everyone seems to forget that when they see, yeah. oh, the return for Pacioretty was this. This is un- unbelievably uh, one-sided. It's like, no, when, you, when, you're the, when you're the manager that's trading this player, you're at a, at a disadvantage. Um, so I'll say that, but then with Carlson... First of all, the Senators have this thing where they don't want to trade within the Eastern Conference. That is absolutely asinine. It's half you're cutting out half of your partners right there. Yeah. Just for well, I mean, the the league operates and and sets its schedule so that every team plays each other a certain amount of times a year. It's not like yeah. you're playing your division constantly like that you don't get out of it's it. It's not like you, in the MLB where you're constantly playing. Yeah, exactly. Division. I could I could see it a little more in the MLB. Um It's like four-ish games a year, right? For but yeah, so that that was my first, uh, the first thing, uh, the first red flag, and then the players that they got back. Chris Tierney is a good NHL player, but he his ceiling is pretty much a third line center, which is fine. What he is right now, yeah, essentially. Um, Josh Norris, we'll see what happens with him. Doesn't seem to have a very high ceiling. Uh, Rudolph Balsers, same type of guy. Um, the picks are a lot of it is conditional or further in the future, so. Although the Senators obviously weren't trying to win this season and weren't trying to to get back anyone of major consequence, I still think that they they swung and missed a bit just based on this is Eric Carlson. But they they painted themselves into a corner because he showed up at training camp um, or as training camp approached. It sounds like the owner and the GM got on the phone and said, this needs to happen now. And once you put a timeline on something, that's when you're getting these these GMs like Doug Wilson uh, offering packages that maybe look okay if he can convince you of it. Maybe he's such a good seller. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's really disappointing if if I, you know if I put myself in the shoes of a, a Senators fan, it's disappointing in the grand scheme of things. Um, but when you pull back the layers, I guess there's a couple of caveats that you got to consider. My question is, um, so they don't have, um, sorry, they don't have. Um, their own first round pick, right? Would you hold on to Carlson, hope that he will get you, you know, um, out of that spot, and then uh, trade him at the deadline? Uh, the deadline's tough because of his contract, yeah. and whoever wants him would have to clear space. Like Vegas, obviously, yeah. would would be a potential suitor at the deadline. It depends on how this center's organization views itself and and where they're going because there is something to be said for starting with a clean slate at, at training camp even though maybe the return isn't what you would would get maybe at the deadline but the those months in between when you're setting the course for the future of the franchise maybe it's worth it to uh to get rid of Carlson at yeah. that point um you know they've already gotten rid of Mike Hoffman uh Kyle Turris uh, there's there's been a sort of a bloodletting already happening, so I guess the sooner you rip all the band aids off, the better. Although they still have Mark Stone and, and Matt Duchesne, who I mm-hmm. think that they should get rid of sooner than later, um, because their stats are not going to look good based on who they're going to be playing with. 
Um, so it, it's always tough, right? The deadline is sometimes players are rumored for six months and they don't get traded. Sometimes these trades come out of nowhere. And I think that if they had held on to them and didn't get a good package at the deadline and for whatever reason okay. just kept them for the end of the season, it's like you you just wasted yeah. that opportunity to, to trade them. So I don't I don't I don't have a huge bone to pick with the timing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like um it must Yeah, so um there were people that um kind of like said that the Leafs uh, traded uh, their first blah, blah, blah back in 2009. But that was for uh, Phil Castle, right? It must suck to go, you know, can, like they have no reason to watch it all now, right? Like, and not only that, they don't have, they're a first round pick. Yeah, that, that Duchesne like, tourist trade is going to go down as yeah, an all time devastating. Like, that's not fleecing just, on, on behalf yeah. of, of David Poyle. I, I mean, Especially depending yeah. on where that pick ends up. If it was round. a one for one trade and you happen to prefer Matt Duchesne over Kyle Turris, I think yeah. they're, if you're like, yeah. say if you're ranking them in, in the NHL video game, like just <laughs> let, let's just be super, super, yeah. let's be superficial about it. I would rank them pretty close to each other, yeah, right? I would too. So if you just break it down to that and you don't care about um, playing styles or whatever, one for one, that's fine. But the fact that there are all these conditions and all these different um, moving parts in that deal, it was, it was ugly from the start. Yeah. And now that Duchesne is probably not going to be around and Turris has found a nice home in, in Nashville and is is making uh, the centers look pretty silly, it's uh, it's tough. First, you need first-round picks to rebuild, and the Senators not having one next season, regardless of if they um, were going to get Jack Hughes based on the, the lottery. Like, regardless of that, it's it's sad. And I think the common denominator in all this is the owner because yeah. – Kyle Turris was not staying, and that was partly because the owner didn't want to yep. lock him up. Apparently, there was a contract deal in place. And then with the Carlson one, too, the owner's just like, I don't want to deal with this. And if you're Pierre... Um, Dorino. Yeah, Dorino. Um, <laughs> like, this seems like it's career suicide, does it not? Because <laughs> you either tell your boss no, or it's like you stay there and man the ship. I also wonder if other uh, if other teams see that and realize you're well, working under an owner that is is you're the puppet of the owner in this in a sense. I think the hockey community is relatively small, and I don't know. Pierre Dorian hasn't done a good job with what he's had no. based on the circumstances with Eugene Melnick breathing down his neck. But I think there's some sympathy out there for him um, because there's only 31 jobs. Uh, GM jobs in in the league in the world. If you were talking about uh, NHL, and you know he's not just going to quit out of nowhere. Yeah. You would think, unless the stress gets to him. Um, so you you ride it out and you hope that this turns around before you get fired, or that you prove yourself to the rest of the hockey world that what you're doing what, within your control uh, is is you know there's a net positive to it. Um, has he done that so far? I don't know, but I wouldn't say that he's completely crumbled under the pressure of of a guy who's pulling the strings um behind the scenes and then it's not even the fact that he's involved there's there's pros and cons to an involved owner but it's the it's the cheapness yes. and it's the um it's the way that he seems to overact overact overreact sorry uh to certain situations that what happened at the outdoor game last year was, was. completely embarrassing and Oh, that, you, that should never happen from anyone that's in an executive position of a pro fr- franchise, you know. 
when when you have such a big event going on he completely derailed like really that weekend even though the centers were already in sort of a dire state and the Habs were too like these were two teams really struggling if i'm eugene melnick um or people around eugene melnick i think he needs to lay low as much as possible um sure if you want to be involved in the hockey operations that's fine but um, I mean, the guy owns the team, but if you're going to own a hockey franchise, any sort of pro fr- pro sports franchise, you got to loosen the purse strings a bit. Otherwise, you're you're playing with fire, and it's just going to be a vicious cycle. Yeah. Well, and we're seeing that kind of with uh, in in Carolina when the new owner was brought in and all the worries, and I feel like he's kind of done what opposite of what people were expecting. They thought he was going to be fully hands on. He's I think he's at least done a good job of not totally stepping over. Or, um, but no, I I, I always say the di- the difference between Tom Dundon and yeah. Eugene Melnick is one. Well, I guess I'll talk about a couple differences. <laughs> one, you have uh, Dundon that's coming in trying to disrupt this industry, and that that's a totally that's a compliment. He's trying to come in and go. The owner should be more hands on. We should be looking at hockey from a different perspective than we have traditionally. I'm totally fine with that, and if that involves him being in the room questioning what the GM is doing or yeah. what a scout is saying, that's fine. I think yeah. that's cool. Um, and then second of all, he's putting his money where his mouth is, where he just purchased his team, and it's in, in his best interest to keep investing in it and to keep uh, just fu- funneling money towards getting back in the playoffs, first of all, because they've been out for almost a decade now. There's a lot of uh, innovation. There's a lot of uh, forward thinking involved in what he's doing in Carolina, and I think that's pretty smart considering they're always going to be this small market, always going to be this quote-unquote budget team unless they really catch fire. Um, Melnick, on the other hand, another small market, but he's going about it, in my opinion, the wrong way. He's not coming in with these fantastic ideas. I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but you assume that he's just beating a dead horse at this point and that – there's nothing uh, that's being constructive about him being around. There's, well, there's nothing good going on with the Senators right now, and I'll do respect to that, them because Melnick's just – it starts with the trade for Duchesne, and just quickly on that, the first-round pick for the next year hurts, but they also traded away Shane Bowers, who was their first-round pick in 2017, who did one training camp and then was just gone. Traded. Well, in that video, like I remember oh, – I, I actually God. watched yeah. – for some stupid reason, I, I rewatched that video. We rewatched. I rewatched that video, and I couldn't. Which one? The, the one between Borowitz. The, the, okay. Yeah, the tire fire of a video that. Because there's a Dorian one on Sportsnet. That's oh yeah, also... that, that one was. I, I remember I was working that night. That was pretty bad. Uh, when when I was I was like, how the heck are you but, selling this yeah, video like, without trolling? Oh, well, and those videos, but like, the, especially the one with Melnick. It's and like, that one, he kept saying, "Oh, you know, uh, we want you know our fans are excited, our sponsors are excited." It's like he's trying to play this in so, such a like a way to try to think that fans are not excited in I Ottawa. I hear that he actually believes the stuff that he's saying. Because oh yeah, he does. He doesn't but, think that there's a problem, and it's it's really unfortunate because even when they were in the playoffs, you guys were talking about the uh, the playoff run a few minutes ago. They had problems yeah. drawing at that point. I can't imagine what the attendance is going to be like this year yeah. because not only is the team going to be bad, but there's no – got to sell hope, right? The, yeah. There's two ways of going about any – like even if you're doing a major junior hockey team or I don't know, anything where you're selling tickets, you got to either sell hope or you got to win. And right now the centers are doing neither. They're actually <laughs> going in some bizarre direction that, that no one really 
knows. Oh, yeah. wait until the Leafs play their first game in Ottawa, and you're yeah. going to see firsthand how bad. Because usually there's a, a lot of Leaf fans. I think now it's going to be an overwhelming majority. Like a home game. Um, I was there in uh, November, and it's a beautiful arena. It's like it's beautiful, uh, but like the second that we got there to that field or wherever like they play in, um, it was just all blue. Like, yeah. like you could not tell that we were in Ottawa just. Um, based on the fans, I and mean, you weren't even really in Ottawa. You're in no, Canada. Yeah, you're just off. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah, I is. mean, like they should be downtown, yeah. but now it's like, what's the incentive to like do any of that, right? Like, you're playing in the second round, I think it was, and them not selling out was a huge story, which it should be. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like you're in Canada, you you are playing at the top league, right? Like, but now it's like. Like how like how many people actually want to pay money and watch that? Well, and how many people? I, I would imagine if they went to the Cup final, would that have been the case? I I think if there was a Cup final, more fans probably yeah probably would have or they up. would make it happen. Yeah. They would give out tickets. <laughs> you can't. That would yeah. be beyond embarrassing. It was already beyond embarrassing when it, it was, was. In the playoffs, like second round or first round. Yeah, and like uh, there were seats that were tarped off. Yeah, and you know this was in like November, and it's like 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 it's embarrassing. To um, it, sorry, like um, it's even I'm embarrassing to um use uh, those tarps because like the, this is a hockey arena, it only seats at the most what like twenty one right? Why do you need tarps if you play in the NHL and like you aren't in like Florida or or the or the desert or whatever right? Like there is a problem with that entire franchise, not just the on ice, just everything. Tom, Tom and Selling, who was uh, with the Leafs, yeah. didn't even last. No, oh, yeah, he left. Uh, he left very quickly. Mysteriously, too. Yeah. That that does not look good on your organization with somebody who's brought a lot of. I mean, he's a big reason why the Leafs, when they were bad, were still selling tickets. I think it also was the Leafs' history and the no, fan base no. itself and the corporate, you know, the corporate money that's no, been put like, into it. Yeah, like. But people still watched, right? Like, even when you knew that the Leafs were intentionally being bad, right? People still watched, right? Like, people... Well, I mean, you still had your large core uh, followers, right? How, like... Um, sorry. You know, uh, there are a lot of um, senators, um, season ticket holders, that, um, sorry, that I personally know that aren't, like, the uh, corporate ones that you see in Toronto that are completely uh, turning their back on the team. And do you know like how hard that is to be that bad as a fans franchise? don't fans don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I would go. F- I would go as far to say that I don't know if there's a lower approval rating over the last ten years um, in the local market for an NHL team. Like I'm trying to think, even before. So I've been writing about hockey for seven years, but before that, I sort of you know was aware of the business side and mm-hmm. I'm trying to rack my brain and. If you went and surveyed every NHL team right now or every NHL team from the last 10 years, I don't know if we would find one that had a, a worse approval rating. Just if the average Sens fan has to be completely tuned out right now and are just like, wake me up when the nightmare is yeah. over. And I don't blame them. Like, you know, like this is your escape from like everything else, right? Like, you, like we watch sports to have fun, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's why I am how I am, right? Like, <laughs> it's like it's fun to care about something, right? It doesn't look like the the team cares about them but there's also no reason to want to care except for maybe you know 
I, I always look back at how Brian Murray was able to do as good of a job as he did with the same owner still baffles me. I mean, I think when, unfortunately, with his with his health and him passing away, that put a big, big damper on it. But, like, what he was able to do in that time, he kept the Senators as a, a respected franchise. And then it kind of just yeah. all, with his health, it all went downhill. We knew about, uh, sorry, we knew about Alma Melnick, but we didn't really know about Melnick, no. right? Like, when you are known as, you know, the guy in charge, it's either very good or very bad, right? And the fact that he is a weekly story means that it's nothing short of a train wreck, right? Like, you know, like, you can be involved, but it's either the best thing ever or the worst, right? Like, like I don't think that um, a Jerry Jones has done um, a bad job because he, you know, like, he built, you know, like, a team that's talked about, that's that's um, a, that's um, relevant, even though they haven't really seen that um, on-field success. Mm-hmm. But he still hasn't done a bad job. He's kept the uh, the Cowboys at a point where they're still a talked-about team, yeah, they're, and, and there's still respect in terms of you know they're bringing the pro. Their fans are still showing up. The fans are still yeah. supporting the team. A lot of that also has to do with the experience. But I think what and Jerry Jones can kind of I can bring into how he's trying to do it himself instead of bringing like he had you no know, Jimmy Johnson when they had those dynasty teams. I think when you look at what Toronto has done when Tim Laiwiki decided we needed to bring in a guy like Brandon Shanahan to run the Leafs rather than having you know somebody like not a corporate executive hockey guy, a player who has the track record of knowing what it takes to win the league. We'll do whatever it takes. Like what people, I, a lot of people are talking about how what Babcock has done, what Dubas has done, what Lemerle has done. I always say that Shanahan is the architect, and Lightwicky is a big reason why the Leafs are what they are right now. I don't know if you agree with that. I so. mean, things started turning around when Brandon Shanahan yeah. showed up, so I think you can connect the dot there pretty pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's it's a it's a microcosm of what's going on in professional sports right now in terms of how you approach team building. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers, Houston Astros, Toronto Maple Leafs. These are all teams that bottomed out. These are all teams that quote unquote plan to lose for a little bit and not, you know, if 31 teams in the NHL decide to do that, there's only one champion. It's not going to all work out. Yeah. But I think it's probably a better plan than, what the Montreal Canadiens, Ottawa Senators are doing right now, where they're sort of flailing in the wind. Um, they have players leaving left, right, and center. Um, and they're not able to just strip it down. Like, that's what uh, that's what Brendan Shanahan um, has uh, has done. He's brought he's, – he's gotten rid – I remember he – I don't know how many scouts he let go, yeah, but like when he, he got in one of his first yeah. things and, – and who knows what was, what, what was the main reasoning, but he wanted fresh minds, fresh body – he he went out and found Kyle Dubas, the the up and coming executive in the entire uh, hockey universe at that time, um, and said, "Well, I'm going to give you a, res- a, a a a fairly big responsibility, and you're going to you know evolve, and I'm going to s- watch you, and I'm going to give you um, control over certain things." And sort of, he, he took him under his wing, and then obviously the clout of the Toronto Maple Leafs brand helps a lot with getting like Lou, Amor- Lou Lamorello, Mike Babcock, but. It all comes down to Shanahan having uh, a vision or having uh, the wherewithal from MLSE as well 
to yeah. uh, to take it slow and to to pitch these big names on the process and on winning not just one championship but multiple championships and that's what they're projecting out to be at at some point is it going to be this year next year two years from now I don't know but on paper uh, I don't know if you would want any other team maybe the Winnipeg Jets um, you could argue the Tampa Bay Lightning but the way that it's gone from pre Shanahan uh to to post shanahan it's gone a completely different direction so you can i think you're on to something yeah. like he i don't think he probably gets um the amount of credit that he deserves do you think this has gone quicker than you expected i didn't think the Leafs were going to be playoff I, contenders like been, after what, four or five years since well I, I i bring it to when shanahan first started yeah. that's when i th- so that would have been 2014 2015 so when nylander was drafted i think that would be like the first kind of the first draft where he even took the year to evaluate. He didn't even really put his stamp on anything until after that. But in three years, we're now talking about this team as a potential cup contender. And I feel like what they've done has ruined, you know, the fans' expectations of the Jays, right? Because people expect a quick build. Um, The Jays have a great farm system, right? Uh, they went from an old team, 2015 and 2016, to a mediocre to bad team. I still think that they could have been decent this year, but like everyone got hurt, blah, blah, blah. Um, but fans expect that fast turnaround, whereas hockey is different from baseball um, in the sense that you can't draft a guy uh, 1-1 and expect him to play mm-hmm. and be well, whereas in hockey, it's like, um, if you play your cards right, you can have a bunch of guys in two, three years, right? So, like, I feel like that kind of yeah, like definitely that help, for sure. That hurts the Jays, right? That's a really loaded question. Like, is it is it too soon? I would say yes. Um, but if you trace back the steps, um, Neilander has worked out in the spot that he was drafted in. Yeah. Mitch Marner has been a home run in the spot he was drafted in. Austin Matthews. He was off the the map, at least compared to, say, Connor McDavid or, mm-hmm. or Nathan McKinnon. Uh, so maybe it was just a, a part of exposure, but I don't think when the Leafs drafted him, people in the hockey world thought he will be a top, I don't know where you'd put him right now, let's just round down to top 10, be a top 10 player in the National Hockey League by, by this point. So he, they're hitting on these high-end picks. Um, one thing that Kyle Dubas, and I don't know if this came from him or if this came from Brendan Shanahan or elsewhere, but one major approach that he's had is that he's turned the Leafs um, minor league teams into something closer to what's going on in baseball, where yeah, there's farm system, yeah. We, yeah, a farm system where we, you know, they now care about the ECHL team. It's not a gong show. And a lot of this comes back to the resources that the Leafs have. They can pump in money to an operation that makes no money. Um, but the ECHL team is well run, very good coaching, good managing. The AHL team is second to none in terms of their resources. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and, you know, it all, it's, it all works in concert, right? They draft the right players. They have a massive development team. Uh, they have a farm system that cares about each player's, uh, you know, steps through the ranks. They'll let go of guys that just aren't working out. Um, they have, they've sort of, uh, I guess hit a tipping point with their Marley's development where a lot of the guys that are going to become impact NHLers are pretty much on the team now. 
But now they have a couple pieces where they might not need, you know, Jeremy Bracco, but he could maybe fetch a, you know, I don't know, some sort of pick. And it's it's no sweat off their yeah. back, right? So yeah. I think they've taken the approach of you when you draft a player, don't don't just give up on him and don't bury him in the ECHL and go, okay, you know, prove to us what, what you can do. It's more, you know, hands-on and... Like I said, it comes down to resources. I actually, when when the Leafs hired Haley Wickenheiser um, and a handful of other people in the summer, I looked at their their hockey operations page, and it is outrageously big compared to say the Carolina Hurricanes. Even just your, I, I counted uh, just amateur scouts, and that's just a, a an arm of the operation. And I think they had around twenty three. Wow. And Carolina had six. So like that's not even fair, right? So. Yeah. There's a lot working there, but at the end of the day, like there needs to be peop- smart people making smart decisions, and I think that that the Leafs have done that for the most part. And, um, you know, Mike Babcock's part of that. Kyle Dubas is part of that. Lou Lamorella was part of that. Uh, Brandon Pridham is part of that. Mm-hmm. Like you, you go up and down their 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 staff directory, and there's there's input there. And and from from legends of the game that are senior advisors, who knows what they're actually. Uh, putting in but if they're sitting on a meeting and have one thing to say and it resonates with with the gm then all of a sudden that brings value so uh i I would say it's about a year early in terms of like where they're at and their potential this season to when they started this whole thing that was a very long way of saying yes it is early (laughs) no but yeah like that was you know a great um i don't want to get into john Tavares talk because that's been wait who no, that, some and, guy, and, don't and, worry about it. and John's got it. We don't want, and John's um, typical Leafs fans always so thinking that yeah. wants to come here. <laughs> um, <laughs> had, had for you guys. Obviously, Tavares was the big fish, but um, ar- arguably the second biggest signing would or the second biggest appointment would have been Dubas to the GM spot. You're a guy that started in London. You said uh, obviously spent a little bit of time around Mark Hunter, and that was sort of a weird situation with Lamorello, sort of leaving, not exactly with his own accord wanting to go but um and then dubas and hunter sort of being up in the air as to who would be the gm and then hunter goes back to the chl and sort of surprise move um just considering that maybe he would get an nhl job maybe not what are your thoughts on that whole situation how it panned out well i think the leafs made the right choice because they have this guy that they've been grooming who's been in the organization longer who has I don't know, it's hard to peg ceilings on people who work in hockey ops, but um, and that's no discredit to to Mark Hunter and his potential and, and what he brings to the table. But I think Kyle Dubas has been identified as uh, a forward thinker and and someone who, at this point in his career, has it figured out to a very at a very high level, and and that there's there's a lot more there, and we just don't know what that means actually on you know, in real life. Um, whereas Mark Hunter, while always touted as the hardest working man in hockey, as a super scout, shouldn't be uh, forgotten about as, as a guy who can actually lead an organization. The London Knights are probably, honestly, they're probably pretty close to like the way an, an AHL team works they're gonna based be on their attendance. Yeah, based on their attendance, their ability to recharge and field a competitive team, their facilities... Are fantastic. Uh, they have nine thousand people watching their games, and I'm not even saying like once a year. It's every single home game. Um, they bring a lot to the table, and they care a lot about their their players um, and their development. 
um, like players that are going to the London Knights organization basically have an NHL caliber coach and Dale Hunter, an NHL caliber uh, general manager and Mark Hunter and uh, Rob Simpson, the guy who he pushed down the depth chart after coming back is he's going to be in the NHL at some point. He's now the associate GM. Um, but with Hunter, I just think that he, I thought it was, it made the most sense for me uh, that he went back to, to junior oh. hockey because He's been an assistant GM. He's been uh, the the head of scouting for a National Hockey League team, and it was the Toronto Maple Leafs of all teams. He has nothing to prove. Uh, there are teams lining up to to hire him in some some capacity, and it probably makes sense from him, his perspective to not get into a situation uh, with an organization that doesn't excuse my French doesn't have their their shit together, um, <laughs> and instead go back and and he owns a franchise. He can do whatever he wants in London. He can refresh, recharge, and he is so highly respected within, um, you know, the scouting ranks and elsewhere that the opportunities will come. So I didn't think it was him, you know, demoting himself. I think it just there was only one job to have in, in Toronto. And then when that didn't happen, given the timing, you know, the middle of the summer um, and just how teams were were handling their, their internal uh, management situation, it sounds like that there wasn't much out there that would be fulfilling to him. Uh, two final questions uh, for you. One, who's your Stanley Cup pick? And two, is as someone who covers the league nationally, you look at all the national stories, is there something that's not getting a lot of attention right now that I feel like it Gritty. should be? And also, how does it affect the Leafs? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, okay, first question. My cup pick? or Yeah, your yeah. cup pick. Um I would say the Winnipeg Jets. I think right now how I'm uh, tiering the the NHL's 31 teams is there's three teams at the top. It's Nashville, Winnipeg, and Tampa Bay. And then there's a small step down to Toronto and I think San Jose. I don't know where to put San Jose after the Carlson trade because I wasn't particularly high on them before that, but we're talking about Carlson here. So I'll put them in that group of five, the, t- the top five teams. Um but I think Winnipeg wins out there just based on um, their, their mix of, of young and old is is really unparalleled across the league. Uh, guys that you assume, unless something uh, dramatic happens, will take another step in their development. Kyle Connor, Josh Morrissey, Jacob Truba, um, Nikolai Ehlers, Patrick Laine. And they're mixed in like super well, whether it is on a line with a vet or uh, or just just on a, in a dressing room with a vet like you know Blake Wheeler, uh, Brian Little, uh, Dustin Bufflin. Like I just think when you look at their roster, there's 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 room to grow, and then there's guys that have already um, maybe hit their peak, but that aren't aging out. They're sort of in that sweet spot. And then Connor Hellebuck, we assume, is going to be back uh, in Vesna caliber form. So Winnipeg is is pretty ironclad to me as 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 my pick, although I will say Tampa is right there. Mm-hmm. And if they met in the final, that would make the most sense to me. But as we know, the NHL playoff format doesn't make any sense. No. Um, <laughs> so there's that. And then uh, something that's not being talked about. Um, let me think here. Do you guys have any ideas while I, while I think? I don't think Gritty's being talked about. Enough. Well, oh, there is Gritty. He's Lord. been talked about too much, I think. Good Lord. <laughs> um, Gritty's awesome, actually. No, he's not. How much nightmare <laughs> fuel he will. Well, I, I just think about 
you brought up the NHL playoff format and how it could actually go against a contending team like the Leafs where the Leafs could end up playing a team like Boston again or oh, yeah. Florida. Yeah, okay, here's my here's my okay my no one's talking about it. I think the Florida Panthers are going to be a lot better than we we've I, seen. I, I like the Panthers too. I'm I hope Luongo is able to stay healthy. Yes, they think that's a big part for them. And Aaron Ekblad, I feel like took a bit of a step back last year, and I think that sucker punch he took oh from from Domi not ideal. Not ideal, but I think that lit a fire in him. And that and the Hoffman fact that there and the Hoffman move, people forget Mike Hoffman. Yeah, was. let's just forget about the off ice baggage. Yeah. Like as a yeah. hockey player, you just added a first line winger to yes. a team that already has Alex Barkov and Vince Trocheck as their number one and two centers. So he's on one Jonathan of those lines. Huberdo, Jonathan Huberdo, Jonathan Huberdo, Bukestad. Like their top six is it's it rivals most. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I like to think that um, Tampa, Winnipeg, and Toronto are kind of the cream of the crop when it comes to forward groups. But I, if Florida had better depth, like their fourth line might be one of the worst fourth lines in the yeah. league. If they had not, better they can, depth. That's something they can fix, though. Yeah, yeah, over time, for sure. And them stripping uh, Derek McKenzie of the captaincy, I think, is a signal that he's probably – he already doesn't play much, but he'll either play fewer minutes or just be in the American League. Um, so I think they're – they're definitely not a complete team. They're definitely uh, not at the point in their trajectory where we should be talking about them being contenders. But between Barkov and his seemingly unlimited potential um, and and Trocek and, and mostly the forwards, I think the, the defense is fairly average when you look at all the pieces there and, and compare it to other groups across the league. But even though that Atlantic division is a, a little nutty up top with, with Toronto, Boston, and, and Tampa more or less you know, penciled in as, as the three guys, I think that Florida makes it. And the fact that they're in a small market in, uh, in Florida, like people are just not talking about it. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I think Ellie Freeman also made that same point with their own thoughts you guys great minds think alike i guess <laughs> sure uh john we want to thank you for uh joining us i know you have somewhere you have to be so we don't want to make you late because we know toronto traffic is brutal and uh, ttc yeah. is yeah, yeah. even worse yeah so you definitely want to thank you we'll have to have you on again uh when we have some games to talk about because that's what everyone's been waiting for i'm sure yeah it's been a long can... off season i've me and austin work at the score together and i started there in june so it's been like a slow build and i'm yeah, like that's I'm right and i really don't like the preseason i like can't i'll yeah. watch the games because i have yeah. to and because it's you know it you, gives you a good gauge on players but and... like in general the the level of play is pretty low unless you're a big <laughs> prospect person the preseason yeah. is really not for you so i'm i'm fully on board and yeah have, have me in later and i appreciate you guys asking me to come in yeah we definitely it was uh great and uh we'll definitely have you on again so that's john mattis from the score please check out his work uh John, what's your Twitter handle so that people... Uh, it's Mattis John, so M-A-T-I-S-Z-J-O-H-N. All right, so give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, and... It seems to work for awesome sometimes when I put oh, that maybe. Out there. <laughs> you also just had, uh, before we go, you had the stat article just drop. Yeah, I just wrote about uh, next year the NHL, and this is all a bit of a... It's in a gray area a bit. We like to give people a plug before. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, before we came on here, yeah. it just got published. Um, it's a story about player and puck tracking it's been um discussed for about five years now but it sounds like next year um it's finally going to be implemented and 
the technology is still being tested, but long story short, uh, I think our insights into the game um, are going to improve greatly. And I think that in general, it's going to be more entertaining and there's going to be more to dig through once we get our hands on this tracking data and whether you're a fan or media member or uh, someone in hockey operations, I think it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be some light bulb moments where maybe like one of the things that I brought up in the story is like, so Zach Hyman is seen as, you know, the perfect third wheel on a pair or sorry, on a line with, you know, with Nylander or Matthews or Tavares and Marner. And, and he very well could be, but we don't, we don't have the statistics about his puck retrievals. Well, we might have that next year. So maybe it'll show that he's just league average. He's just, you know, he's like any other third wheel, or maybe he is actually fantastic at what we think he's fantastic at. So I think that, uh, that's just a, a minor example, but I just think that we're, we're going to enter this sort of new era of data and that it'll, uh, It'll be a huge benefit to everyone. Wow. I will definitely check that one out. That sounds... I got to give it a read before it went up yesterday. I definitely... I, I've heard about they were doing that at the All-Star game. But yeah, I guess they've, they've, they've tested it out at two All-Star games, the World Cup of Hockey. And we've seen, you know, um, Sportsnet did a little thing about uh, McDavid's speed last year. I think yeah. it was actually opening night where he scored three goals and just yeah. shot out of a cannon uh, down the right side against the Flames and... Like, it's been sort of uh, on the periphery in terms of our exposure, but by all accounts, it seems like next year we'll actually be um, exposed to more. So, uh, I, like, it, it's one of those preseason stories where uh, a lot of people probably don't know what's coming, and I wanted to, to at least preview that a little bit. That's uh, That sounds very great. We'll definitely make sure I'll make sure I'll put the link in that in our description and everything so people do get a chance to look at it. So thank you very much for that one, John. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you. And we want to thank uh, John Mattis for joining us on the podcast today. If, if you want to uh, subscribe, you can always find us on iTunes and on uh, Google Play. Tip of the Tower. Check out all of our stuff on Twitter and Facebook and head over to tipofthetower.com for the latest. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back with more Toronto stuff next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.